I'm so upset. You, it's what? What's the date? It's August the 29th. 30th, 30th idiot. Whatever it is. Fool. You fool. Steve has already started fall. Like normally this time of year, we'd be super jacked. Like, oh, training camp's going to start soon or whatever. Steve's super excited because what are you drinking, Steve? Hmm? What are you drinking? Oh, this? Yeah. Hmm. It's a PSL. It's a pumpkin spice latte, baby. Uh, loving life, living life, and loving life, Adam Wild. Jesse, living what were you saying? Life, you, you, you made a good point about this. I just, I don't like that much sugar and stuff in my coffee. I like coffee for the taste of coffee and the caffeine. Okay, don't Dennis drink coffee. Leary. I don't drink okay. coffee to have some sort of milkshake sugar thing. I like <laughs> coffee flavored coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I like most. I'll do is put some milk in it from once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's from one of the, that local Canadian coffee shop that doesn't make the best coffee, you know, because you need to throw some milk in it so it doesn't taste as bad. (laughs) Yeah. But otherwise, I just drink it black, you know? Steve, why do you like so much sugar in your coffee? Now, here's the thing, Jesse. (laughs) I don't. Mm. I almost never put sugar in my coffee. Mm. No sugar tonight in my coffee, I always say. Every now and then, honey, because I'm weird. Every now and then, maybe if my throat's a little ticklish, you know, put a little dash of honey. But typically, it's either black or a little bit of cream, no sugar. But let me tell you something. When I heard pumpkin spice lattes were coming back this year (laughs) and coming back early, I'm not going to lie. Leo was born June 22nd. And that little bit of news was the best news I had received since that day. The best news, that and the fact that the Penguins were throwing in a prospect with the first. Let me just but, throw this out there. We're not getting paid for this, by the way, just in case yeah, anybody's no. wondering. This isn't a read. This is actually. Oh, no. No, this is not a read. You can tell by how absolutely devastated Adam is to learn that his friend is enjoying a pumpkin spice latte on this, the day of our Lord. August 30th. Listen, when I heard the pumpkin spice lattes were coming back, I was like, oh my God, that means fall is around the corner. Autumn, if you will. That means there's a future. It was the most normal thing to happen in 2020. The fact that pumpkin spice lattes are coming back. And I went on Twitter and people were upset about it. And I went, the world is normal. It's just abnormal things are happening within it. The same thing that happens every single year is happening again this year. (gasps) To see that pumpkin spice lattes are coming back and that there was a debate about it. I like them versus people shouldn't. Oh, it was the most normal thing ever. And I thought to myself, I would like some nonsense in my coffee, please. And this is my third, maybe even fourth of the season. And let me tell you. you make them at home? No. So you go out and you put it in your own mug? Oh, no. So here's the thing. My (laughs) wife wanted one earlier, but I had already made myself a coffee. No sugar, Jesse. I know you wanted to ask. Okay. 
So I saved this little bad boy and I reheated it. I reheated my little piece of autumn. And now it, I'm just it's hanging just out with like my friends. Fake pumpkin chemical with a little bit of coffee. It doesn't like I don't see the. Appeal. Does it even taste like pumpkin? And what the hell that you ever eaten? Like take a take a take a good old fresh bite out of your pumpkin this Halloween. <laughs> Tell me if you actually knew what pumpkin tastes like. Because anybody that tells me they know what pumpkin tastes, ah, even the pumpkin in the can that comes from the store. No, that's what sugar tastes mm-hmm. like. Orange sugar. No, it's, it's what not, you feed your dog to make them stop they eating make their orange crushed with. It's just orange and sugar. You feed and, pumpkin to your dog so they won't eat their own poop. Because pumpkin makes their poop taste disgusting. Is that right? That's how bad pumpkin is. Oh, by the way, doesn't work. (laughs) Does not work. Thank God. Uh, God, I miss Charlie. I'm so glad. Rest in peace, Charlie. Just, (laughs) you know, I would have loved to have done a eulogy. You know, that dog loved his own shit. (laughs) Waffles Waffles likes other dogs' poo. More than oh, oh my god, I want to die. If we're at the I'm dog park die. and there's a <laughs> big clump of poo, she'll go up to him. She'll <laughs> just try and nibble it all. But how are you doing there, everybody listening Ooh. to this show? I want to vomit. How are you doing, oh European listeners listening to this at the crack of dawn? How are you doing there, everybody? <laughs> Yo, my dogs do not do that. Thank God, they've never done that. Adam, what, we, why. what should we do with Steve and his PSL? What should we do? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, let him live, I guess. But <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> what an idea. Here's the thing. Mind in your uh, business. Is that when, it, <laughs> when, it comes to, when it comes to this stuff, and I'm sorry, I'm just plugging in my computer. Um, when it comes to this stuff, I, I, uh, I think maybe I'm a little biased against it because I passed the threshold of being able to have that much sugar in anything a long time ago. And the, the reason for that is my stomach, uh, it's like somebody set off napalm in it. It's, it's literally like you've, you've turned my stomach into fire and I'm dying on the inside and I'm imploding. And so I think personally that uh, 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 I, I might be maybe a little bit biased against the PSL thing. I can't even have their candy cane latte. Like I can't have any of it because I get so like I get so sick and that started in like my mid twenties where I couldn't have that stuff anymore. So uh, the only thing I can have that doesn't bother me is spicy stuff. I'm so, here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> now, do you get, do you have to take like heartburn meds and stuff after this, Steve? You have to pop Zantax. Okay. And- listen, I'm sore very often, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm there. there. Well, I'm there. Good. I've, good. I've listen, been there. And man. Adam, that's there your business. Forever. You know, You've said a whole lot of words, and not <laughs> one of them has discouraged me from getting this little cup full of sweater weather. Gross. Mm. I hate it. The best part oh. of Toronto is that we have four seasons. Yeah. Anybody who lives Easily. in like a, a temperate place that just kind of the same all year, you, you don't know what you're missing. Four no, seasons. That's a great place it, to visit. You're yeah. also, you're, also um, you're missing the fact that in about mid-August every year, um, and actually, this is the first August I've ever seen this happen, where, sorry, where it hasn't happened because it was so hot in Toronto this summer that um, usually, and it's usually uh, people with a little bit of style sense who, who do this first, gets to be about mid-August and you start to see big woolen sweaters. You start to see cardigans. You start to see long pants and, and like that, you know, that there's that fall, there's those dark greens and those browns and stuff that start to come out in people's Ball clothes. Colors. Yeah, fall colors really start, and and like you see people, and they're fully like dressed head to toe in fall clothes, and it's thirty degrees outside. Now, 
Couldn't wait I've to debut this year because it. it's been boiling, and I don't think any. And I also haven't seen people this year. Like there's just there's just nobody here. Everybody's at home. But, but it also happens on the other end too. In uh, like mid March, you yeah. see. Mid March hits, everyone's in a bikini. <laughs> it's ten degrees, and, and everybody's walking down Young Street with no clothes on. And they're spring like, is so not. much harder. Spring is so much harder to predict. Do you remember Game Two? We went to uh, Boston in 2018. Yep. I was our flight almost delayed. Ice storm. <laughs> I was walking around the neighborhood today, like just thinking about all the trees that are still damaged. From that spring storm in 2018. That's right. That was a cold what? day. Oh, sweater weather. It's a good thing we braved that ice storm to see that six nothing drubbing, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, it was worse than that. It was. Oh, we saw Curtis McElhaney before the halfway point of the game. Yeah, it was not good. It was bad. You yeah. know what? And actually, I do want to talk about that uh, as it pertains to Freddie Anderson a little bit later in the show. First, though, Stephen, have you picked out your Selly of the Week candidate? Oh, certainly not, Adam. Certainly not. <laughs> no, certainly not. I was going to. You know, you know we do that on too, Sundays, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah, but you know what else we do on Sundays? We just, you know, enjoy the simple. Do you really not have a, anything? Are we really not ready to go with this segment? No. <laughs> For once, I wanted to start with something really positive and really good. Not, not a single one. Not even one comes to mind. Where no, you can, wait. Like, I can wait, is this it. the old one or the new one? This is the new one. This has happened in the last week. Mm. Steve's great. <laughs> I think that was sarcastic from, uh, from Tony there. Tony? Yeah, <laughs> it sounds a bit sarcastic. <laughs> uh, you know what, Tone? I don't appreciate that. No, you know what? I got I to gotta give it to... You know what? Sometimes on this show, I'm like, gosh, we critique too much. You know, though, those who can't do critique on a podcast, I think is sure. what you're saying. Sure. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Now, is it cool for fans to be cantankers? Yeah. Is it cool for uh, fans to, to chirp the other team? Sure. Maybe even heckle. Yeah. Well, then why do we give New York Islanders fans such a gosh darn hard time? They were just being regular hockey fans, burning effigies of John Tavares in the parking lot and throwing plastic snakes at him on the ice. And, and running over effigies of him, too. And, like yeah, just regular, you know, normal stuff. I got to give it to Islanders fans for they're keeping it together. They're keeping it together. This is not an on-ice celebration. This is an entire fan base. They are keeping it together. If I was an Islanders fan and I was truly upset about the John Tavares thing a couple of years ago, oh, would I be all over the fact that not only are they in the second round on the verge of the third, not only did Leo Komarov and Matt Martin score last night, not only are the Islanders doing all of this in Toronto – but their win song and the one that Islanders fans all over my timeline last night were dancing to in their living rooms. And it's all right. And it's coming along. We got to get, get, oh mm -hmm. my God. It's the Leafs friggin' win song. They're killing us, but they're doing it in a classy, proper trolling way. There's, I have no notes. I have no notes. So my celly of the week goes to New York Islanders fans for living their best lives. You know, 
I can't hate on that. I'm trying to live my best life, and so are they. So I got to give it to them. If you wanted to live your best life, if you wanted to live your best life, you'd be eating a bowl of Frosted Flakes right now. Well, Adam. That calls for some Frosted Flakes. Right, Tony? Tony, Because they're great. They're great. I got to get lessons from They're great. That was good. It was good. It was good. Great. Great. What a great Sully. Great. It's yeah. He just he just has more of a depth, more range. Here, one one more time. Great. Do you want Tony one more time? Yeah, what one more time, great Tony. Great Sully. Yeah, no, he's he just doesn't. You got to pull it a little bit more. Yeah. You pull uh, higher. I'll practice. I'll practice. Yeah. Great Sully. Great. Great. Great Sully. Great. You need more practice, though. I do. I do. It's there, though. It's like and a the puppy Islanders, learning to bark. <laughs> Islanders fans, they've been great. They have. They have. Shout playoffs. out to that Islanders fans. That was the best fans. one. <sighs> <laughs> you know, honestly, the more the Islanders win, the less of them I get in my DMs. So that's good. <laughs> and, dude, if they, if they do the damn thing, because it's starting to look oh, like they just it's might. Oh, it's going to be. Oh. Oh, well, like, we're, well, we're gonna get there, right? Yeah, we're, we're not starting there. off with that. We're no, 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 no. We're not starting off. We got on this that. stuff. So, they might uh, only have one game left in Toronto. So that wraps your Selly of the week. Yeah. Thank you, Steve, for that. <laughs> I'm glad you came prepared. You know, oh, if yeah. I had a show with my name on it, I sure would come as prepared as you do. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> what? Wait, you already do. Don't they have a show called Virgin Mornings? No, yeah, that's all. <laughs> and it's hey, all right. It's I have, right. I have proof. I have a daughter. That's yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, so let's let's talk about this. So, I mean, literally after uh, after we finished up our show on Wednesday, probably one of the biggest PR disasters in NHL history hit. And I'm not, I'm not being, I don't think I'm being, um, uh, like I don't, I, I don't know if I could get any more literal than that. It's one of the worst PR moves that the NHL hasn't made. And it's because they didn't make it that they looked, came off so poorly. So obviously, mid-show in the last episode, I don't even know if we knew whether the NBA was not playing or not, but we we had a pretty good idea. It was uh, was like minutes after we stopped recording because we started recording at 2 p.m. Eastern and the game was set for 4 p.m. So we, mu- was, we must have ended at like four is usually when we end. It was very typical us. It yeah. started with the uh, yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. A couple minutes later. Uh, it started with the Bucks um, not taking the court. And, and then it kind of went into the whole NBA. And then you had reports of the Lakers and Clippers saying we're done. Uh, that has obviously been resolved. And there's been some change and some movement forward on that. And we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, the PR failure for the NHL, and I call it a PR failure, uh, was not, it wasn't just not sitting out the games. And this seems like so long ago. I'm starting with the negative so we can move to the positive here. The PR failure was the moment of consideration or whatever the hell they did. They had a 33-second uh, reflection. reflection. Yeah. They had a 33-second thing where uh, the announcer said, you know, we skate for this and, you know, and, and uh, we will now pause for a moment of reflection. The moment of reflection did last three seconds, three seconds. And then they went on to play. And, you know, after the game, a lot of players, um, and it doesn't matter what game we're talking about, a lot of players were asked about this. 
And I want to read you something that um, Sid Sixero uh, said the next day on uh, Tim and Sid. Because the excuse given, and it was an excuse. The excuse given was, like, Alan Vigneault came out and said, I don't know what's going on in the world. I only focus on hockey. Bullshit. Uh, And if you're my head coach, I want you to know that stuff. Kind of important. Uh, Number two, there were a lot of players, well, there wasn't a lot of time between us and, you know, them doing what they were doing and then for us to make a decision. And for the early games, you can make that call. For sure, I guess you could say maybe, possibly. You could maybe mention that. But Sid Sixero said this. Uh, and I'm going to read from the Globe and Mail directly. He said, Sixero went after the hockey players, noting that some of them in the Western Bobble, which had begun its Wednesday game at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, more than six hours after the NBA announced the Bucks and Magic would not proceed, had suggested that after the game, they didn't know what was going on in the outside world. You weren't sure what was going on, Sixero yelped, incredulous, staring right at the camera like a laser pointer. You're a bunch of under-30s with phones in a bubble. And you have nothing else to do but look at your phone all day. You, know, you, you didn't know what was going on. You need to know what's going on. You need to pick a side. McAuliffe nodded along. And the two recalled that the previous day, they'd both joked that, of course, the NHL wasn't going to cancel its games that night. <clears throat> and I also want to mention this. Jordan Banks, who was taken over as the president of sports and media last summer for Rogers, sent an unusual email to staff. Last night, many of our Sportsnet on-air personalities and colleagues across uh, Rogers Sports Media used their platforms to share their thoughts on what transpired in Wisconsin and across professional sports all, uh, sorry, over the uh, course of the past several days. Please know that Bart Yabsley and myself and the entire RSM leadership team stand behind you in expressing your views and opinions in support of Black Lives Matter. We have your backs. Now, we also saw Kelly Rudy say, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be talking about this. We shouldn't even, I'm disappointed. Uh, Chris Johnson tweeted it. Luke Fox talked about it. Um, Christine uh, Simpson. Christine Simpson talked about it. Uh, and I think, I think Jim Houston did as well. Uh, uh, I think that, yeah, the, whoever's doing play-by-play that night did, did talk about it. It would have been Jim then. Jim and, uh, um, Jim and Craig. doing the East and yeah. Chris Cuthbert's doing the West. Yeah, so I think it was Jim and Craig. Okay. Craig Simpson. Um, so... The announcers got it. The NHL didn't get it. Like, the NBA gets it. Everybody else seems to get it. The NHL and the NHLPA do not get it. And they screw up royally. And I don't think that there's any... You can't, you can't look at that and go, that was the right call. Play those games. Um, however, and this is the part where I'm not going to have an opinion on this to start because I want to get your opinion on this to start. Sometimes you're late to the party, but if you come and show a genuine interest in what this movement is all about, you know, there are going to be people that are latecomers. Do you accept and do you like what the NHL did? Because in the next few days, they canceled games, Players came out and finally said, like even Brad Marchand saying, it's not a political issue. This is about people being treated the same. And he's right. It's not a political issue. It's about people being treated the same. There's no party associated with that. That's just fundamental to both countries. America and Canada have very different sets of laws and very different constitutions. But at the basis of all of them is, a, um, is striving for equality. That was 
you know, it's supposed to be outlined in, or sorry, outlined in the law. Uh, we have different ways of interpreting that, but all the same, the goal is the same. Let me just say this. Brad Marchand was right. <laughs> as hard as that is to say. I just wanted to get that into a mic. What did, what did you guys think of the response? You've got, you got Reeves and Kadri and Belmare and uh, other players you know, out front and then all the other guys behind them at a press conference talking about how everybody's behind this. Um, you know, what was your reaction? Do you feel like, okay, we're, we're taking some steps here now? Because the NHL, as Matt Dumba said, always late to the party. Uh, I, I, for one, so the way they handled it out West, um, I liked it a little better because with the NBA, it's, it's a player's thing. Um, the players made this decision and they're bringing people in. So they're trying to get their teams in. They're trying to get the owners in, uh, obviously LeBron James trying to get the Staples center involved in, in several things. So the West just seemed more um, collaborative. Um, You know, the players up front, all the players behind them, that seemed really good. And uh, how about uh, the leader that Nazem Kadri has been throughout all this? Uh, Because a lot of the heat uh, was coming from not knowing where the NHL's uh, decision to finally postpone games was coming from. Kadri was the one who came out and said, player's decision. He's the king of the two-word tweet. He's, he's very good at it. So I, I liked what they did out west. Uh, out east, I mean, you know, certain guys were doing a good job of getting involved. Kevin Shattenkirk, Brad Marchand. Um, you know, it, it just it didn't seem as collaborative. I don't know if they had to bring it together faster. Um, but what was the only part to me, or the most disappointing part to me, was uh, what does the NHL do better than follow the NBA? You know what I mean? You didn't need, you didn't need that, did you? I don't know. It, it, it always seems to be the next day. The NBA can be first on everything because it seems like they are. They're the king of leagues right now. They just are. Um, they can be first, but you don't need to be so far behind them, I guess was my main letdown. Jesse? Yeah, no, Steve, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna, I was gonna say Sorry. Wednesday was, <laughs> Wednesday was absolutely embarrassing for the league. Just as you guys pointed out, that ten thirty game, it's like you have, you have six hours to make a decision. The fact that you went with play with the, play the game is, it's absurd. It's embarrassing to be a fan, and it's embarrassing to be a player in that league. Looking back on that, and then you, uh, you look to the NBA, and then you say, okay, so the NHL are never going to be leaders across professional sports. Like it's never, this is just a microcosm for the way this league is run. They're always going to be second on everything. They're going to come to the right uh, conclusion. It seems like they usually do. They usually make the right call, but in terms of leading the movement and being progressive and just innovation in any way, just the NHL is always going to be second. And Ron McLean, when he was talking to the hockey diversity panel on I believe it was Thursday when all the games were canceled. He, uh, he made this example about how back in like, I don't know, the ancient days, the guy who came second uh, to a decision was looked at as the more intelligent one because the first person just reacted and then the second person, they took their time to come to a decision. And I felt like it was such a, it was an excuse for the league, but 
it was also, okay, yes, when the NHL takes the time to think about these things and see what the other leagues are doing, they usually, they'll come to the right decision and they'll support the, uh, the right cause. But, in term, but that's not what we want out of the league. We want our, these players and these guys to be leaders and to innovate and to take, take a stand sometimes and don't just follow, follow everyone because, oh, okay, this is the way society is going. Let's go that way. But then you also, you have to give them credit for making the right decision in the end, which they do. But yeah, they're never going to lead in any way. I didn't didn't want to hammer them too. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I didn't want to hammer them too hard because they got there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We were, we were hammering them for not getting there sooner. And then when they got there, I'm like, Oh, well now I'm not going to hammer them for getting there. When when they get there, it's okay. Hey, welcome to the party. You're finally here. Why were you late? Let me know why you were late. I want to know what the hell is your problem? Did your car break down? What's going on here? And then once you find out, then you then you join the party and you have the party and you forget about why their car broke down. You know? You, right. Welcome to the party, but hey, show up early next time. And and get here on time. And and I know I know you're dying, Adam, but one quick thing. Oh, you no. know we you know we were hours away from a tweet, right? Like you you know we were hours away from a tweet from that family, right? From one of the Trumps. You oh. know, ah, oh, the NHL. <laughs> once again, that. they have more than once used the league that you love. As a political pawn, stick mm-hmm. to sports. Well, they didn't get the memo, and they have more than once done it. And you know the only – well, not the only league. The only league that was playing all of their games. How about that? Mm-hmm. Because the MLB canceled some. The only league that was playing all their games. You know a tweet was hours away. It was real close. Might have been, might have been sooner, but they were busy that night. Yeah. They were going to use the NHL again. And the NHL took away that opportunity. The NHL players took that opportunity away from them. Like you Don't said, tell, oh, you're making that. Yeah. They what did a lot of great Come things on. Thursday through Sunday, like today. It's been, it's been spectacular what they've been, what they've been doing and supporting. It's been great. But we can't not be like, hey, what the hell happened on Wednesday when you were verging on shut up and dribble territory? And just telling these guys when there's a global crisis going on in society, you're telling these guys just to go play hockey. Yeah, um, and that's that's the um, that's the question that I have is that if if is is it possible for here's here's what I would say, and I've been I've been grappling with this, and I think about this stuff. I, I take long showers because that's where I can do my best thinking. <laughs> and so I was in the shower this morning. Please try not to imagine it. And I was thinking about um, what a statement it would have made for a majority white league to stand up and take quick action. Because, you know, I mean, let's be honest here. The, uh, the NBA has, is full, chock full of stories, and we saw more and more of them of players that uh, you know, it's like, what was that? There was a football player this week who was accosted by security for moving into a community that he bought a house in, like moving while black. Oh, uh, um, I forget his name. Uh, but I remember yeah, I, I was watching the video and you know, there's, uh, uh, there is a, um, there's an opportunity here to show solidarity in a way that's quite unique to hockey because it's so white. And, the juxtaposition of 
stepping up. You would expect people who are black to be outraged. The problem here is that we need white people to be outraged, to step outside of themselves for a second and go, how would I feel? This is my family or not even my family. This is just, this is just a, a systemic thing, endemic in our society. And I think there was, there was a huge opportunity missed in my books because, I mean, it's just such an easy choice. It's such an easy choice to make. Uh, there's nothing about this that you risk if you're the NHL or the players. And I don't understand. I know the Dallas Stars were some, um, there was some article today uh, suggesting that the Dallas Stars have lost some corporate sponsors, lost some box seats people. And it's like, yeah, but don't you want to lose those people? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, I, I, like, I, I know a racist dollar is worth the same as a non-racist dollar, but that sort of, the, 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 that sort of thinking is the kind of stuff that's got us here in the first place. And I don't, and I'm not suggesting that, um, that, uh, that it's, you know, that there isn't something at risk here with, you know, these, cause these big corporations and stuff are run majority by white people who are freaked out by the BLM movement and blah, blah, blah. We already know that. So there's a lot of people just looking to protect the dollars part, but it's such an easy choice to make for the players and frankly, the teams to just step up and go, yeah, we, we, we get this and we understand. And it's, this is not a new thing. And this is the part that bothered me the most is that, you know, we've had these protests going on for months. I mean, when did, when did George Floyd, Floyd die? When did Colin Kaepernick take, take a knee? Was four, four years, years ago, ago last right? week. Right, that's what I mean. It was right? the anniversary. So yeah. You had time to educate yourself on this. You know, when Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick first took a knee, I, could, I think you could forgive people for, for taking a few weeks and going, wait a second, let me, let me understand this. You could forgive that. But this is four years later. I don't think it's that hard to make that decision. And you look at the NHL guys that they've, what they've done in the last 24 hours is all we have been asking them to do for a year or more. I'm not, I'm not going to defend the NHL. That is very not my thing. But there... Is it part of the problem? Is it both true and part of the problem to say that the bar is different for the NHL? I'm surprised anyone kneeled at all, like mm. pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and when the Bucks stepped up, I was like, of course they did. Like that's, yeah, that, of course they did. That's the sort of thing the NBA does. Yeah, Sterling Brown, who plays for the Bucks last year, was stopped in a parking lot uh, unlawfully and then tasered. Like, I, I expect that the, the team with that guy on it to, to be the leaders. Yeah, you know? In Wisconsin, typically. Yeah. But you, you also want the, the white people in the situation to support them. Right. So the NHL was late. Right. They were not the same day as the NBA, but then they canceled games for two days the following day. And I was like, I, I'll, I'll be honest when they're like, yeah, they're considering it. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. And they're going to play. Shut up. There's going to, there's going to be games tomorrow. There's going to be games the next day. Shut up. The fact they canceled them. Like I'm surprised. Like, so I'm, I'm torn somewhere between they should have been there sooner. And I mean, it's legitimate progress, isn't it? Oh, I agree. I just I don't know. I, I, I question the timing of it 
Because again, it comes at a time when everybody almost universally was like, even their own broadcaster, their partners. Rogers is a major partner for the NHL, is paying them $5.2 billion over 12 years. And, the, and their honor people are going, okay, I'm, who are, have to be somewhat careful sometimes, I would think, in, in how they criticize the NHL. I don't know. This isn't me towing the company line. I didn't see those emails. I didn't no, speak no, to I, anybody I, about this. No, no, I, I thought just, the emails were great. But I, yeah, what I'm I, saying I've, is... I've already, I've already told people, like, I, 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 I love being part of the Sportsnet digital department, but I also love being out of the loop with the TV stuff because I like watching the TV and not knowing what's about to happen. Right. So when all so, that stuff happened, I was like, oh, like, I, I was as surprised as the rest of you. Right, because we wouldn't expect that. And yet here we are. So that's great, but like, okay, now, now it's okay. So you've done two days, three days of this, but the support for uh, the diversity alliance uh, for, you know, with, you know, Vander Kane and Matt Dumba and all those guys that have put this together, this can't stop now. So, okay, we, we've, we've, we've said the NHL is late to the party, a little bit frustrated with that, a lot frustrated with that in a lot of circles and, and rightfully so. Now it can't stop though. Mm-hmm. Now it's not like, okay, well, back to the game. Right. And, and, and the time is over where you can feign, I didn't know what was going on in the world. Sorry, you all have Twitter. You're all, you all get the good comments when you win and the bad comments when you don't. You know what's going on in the world. You do know what's going on in the world. Alan Vigneault knows, knows exactly what's going on in the world. That excuse is bullshit and it doesn't fall anymore. And, you know, there was that one, uh, one Flyers reporter uh, who Sam asked, like, can you put... I don't even, yeah, it doesn't even matter what his name is. Um, it, the, the whole put the social issues aside, how do you feel, feel about playing a back-to-back? Um, you know, Kyle Bukowskis did a brilliant drop into his report on, I believe it was Thursday or Friday morning, where he called that guy out. And he said, this is Kyle, a reporter no, no who way. is notriously not... Um, he's not no, an he's opinion. Not, no, he's not an he's opinion. Just guy. there no. to deliver facts. Now he's no. one of the best guys you'll ever meet. If you ever get to meet Kyle, he's great. But he's he, even good at TikTok. He's yeah. so annoyingly Is talented. He? Yeah, I know. It's I'm so like, get out of here, kid. Guy. Seriously, grading on a <laughs> and curve. He, and like, he's oh. 17. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly. 17. <laughs> six foot nine, full head of hair, hair of a god. <laughs> not, yeah. not a, not a Look, single gray one. Looks get out of here. Perfect in a suit. Looks perfect in a suit. Every uh, suit he puts on, it's like perfect. He's born you know, in Kyle, one. Kyle put a drop in, and he he played the clip, and he didn't even bother getting to the players' answers. He said he basically suggested this is not what we need. This is exactly what we don't need. And he called another reporter out, and I reporters are often. You know, they, they get each other on a level that we don't get, right? Oftentimes, they don't want to do that. And I get that. And Kyle, good for him, man. Called him right out for it because it was bullshit. And he knew, the reporter from Philly knew it was bullshit. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was trying to make a stand for him rather than the players. He was trying to say, this is what I think, but I'm couching it in a question to the players. Yeah, and it's, it was such a missed opportunity um, I want to say, was it Matt Niskanen and James Van Riemsdyk? They were just deer in headlights. I guess they really weren't expecting it. And so they just answered the question. Oh. Whereas they should have been like, uh, we're not answering that. Can I, ask, can I ask something? They put these guys through media training, right? Yeah. How can they be deer in headlights for a question like that? Uh, if, that's your, if your media training doesn't cover that, then it's not good enough. Time to consider better media training. And that's... I'm not suggesting that has to be on the players. Teams, uh, PA, NHL, 
time to uh, time to upgrade the course a little bit. I think you got you, you should be able to answer that question. You should be able to direct that conversation. True media training is when I ask a question. Like I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you someone who's a master at it. I interviewed Taylor Swift. I've interviewed her a couple times, and Taylor Swift is a master at directing the conversation through her answers. Meaning, if you try to lean towards her personal life, if you try to lean towards her parents, if you try to do anything other than that album that she wants to talk about, she's going to pull it right back. Adam, do you, need, do you need help with your back after that name you dropped? Uh, well, listen, guys, have I told I you know a guy. famous people once? Um, <laughs> no, but I'm using that as an example because yeah, yeah. if you try to veer off with Taylor Swift, she won't let you. She won't. Like, it just, you don't have... You don't, she, she puts the wall up and puts it, puts the ball back into the court that she wants to play on. And I'm sort of surprised that these guys who are supposed, especially Van Riemsdyk, who played in Toronto, who's faced tough questions. Like, are you like, well, and, and he's and like Philly, a, he's a PA representative. Yeah, and like, Philly is not, there's no, it's not a small market, man. Philly's tough. No, That's he's tough, only tough played town. in big markets. They should have known. And Niskanen too. He's played in Washington, Pittsburgh, and now Philly. Come on. But, like, it doesn't surprise me that Brad Marchand spoke the way he did. Brad Marchand does not care. Like, he doesn't care what you think of him. And hockey just doesn't have enough of those. Like, it's um, – it's, is, it, is it fair to say that – I feel like this is steering the conversation somewhere where it shouldn't go. NBA players are more confident than NHL players. More confident in, in the spotlights. In the spotlight, yeah. In terms of in front of the I don't media. think that's unfair. In front of the media. Yeah, yeah, in front of the media, I would 100% say that's true. Yeah. And it's not about wanting the spotlight. I think it's just about not caring what people think about your opinion. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Not want, you know, I, I, in JVR, I'm just seeing, oh, I don't want to cause problems for the Flyers. I'm not even in the lineup right now. You know, like I, I can maybe see that, but like Jonas is like, I'm the MVP. Kiss my ass. Like yeah. if, if you don't like it, or if you ask me a stupid question, they're, they're not afraid to tell you to kick rocks. Once you have FU money, you shouldn't worry about that stuff anymore. Especially when it comes to an issue that's so easy. This is easy. This is well, a, this once is a you believe, I mean, Curtis Gabriel is, is all over his social media. I don't even know who that guy plays for. Um, and you know, he, I, I, He's probably made more money than us, but like he's not a rich man, um, and he just he just says what he believes. Yep. Right. You don't need to be rich. You don't need to be rich to be like that. Anyway, I want to say uh, just to wrap this. Uh, really like the direction that internally that Sportsnet has taken with this. Uh, that I quoted you from the Globe and Mail, so it's widely reported. I'm not speaking out of turn here. Um, I'm glad that the NHL got involved. Uh, I want to see this go. I want to see this keep going. Now, as we talked about, this can't stop here. It's gotta, there's got to be actual concrete reform. And, and it just seems like, again, like, has anything changed in Kenosha? Is anything, like, we, don't, we still don't know anything about, like, the police side of this. They still haven't released anything. We don't know a thing. And so I'm, I'm this has to keep going until we have widespread change systemic change tangible change one of the things the nhl has got sorry the nhl's got to jump on that sorry just to talk on the political side of what you were mentioning one of the things i learned this weekend is that the police have uh in most states have a bill of rights that protect them 
against most uh, in terms of like charges or reform or change, that they have things that have been negotiated through union contracts that just prevent change. So right now, a lot of the community work is getting the police bill of rights uh, just taken away just removing all of these rights that police officers have so that when bad things do happen, they can be held accountable because they have it written down right now that you, you can't charge a police officer that they have all of these rights if anything goes wrong accidentally or not accidentally. It's an abuse so, of the word rights. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I, a privilege. Yeah. yeah. That's so right. that's kind of the groundwork where all the communities are working right now. So if you're if you know anything about that, if you want to go do more research, that's where I encourage you to start because that's kind of the ground level base of how you start police reform is just removing their rights so that things can actually change. Right. Um, you know, the other thing that I really, and this isn't a total aside, uh, when there were massive um, protests in the 60s uh, with... Um, you know, the civil rights movement and uh, the anti-Vietnam protests. You asked for Adam's history corner, you got it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. Uh, the, the, Here it is. The thing that, that was really amazing is you had the biggest artists of the day and athletes, like you look at Muhammad Ali, obviously, but the biggest artists of the day, black and white, advocating for change and writing, this, writing popular music to match it. And one thing I'm really disappointed in is the lack of like popular music that is protest. I think you can, we're have, really, you can have party anthems, but they can be protest too. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some of the best songs are protest anthems. One of the best Clearwater Revival songs is a, well, there's several that are anti-Vietnam. Uh, Marvin Gaye's biggest songs are, uh, are, are protest songs. Um, you know, you, I'm, I'm a little bit, and I, this is completely off topic for hockey and I apologize guys. I'm really kind of let down by the music industry. Uh, I think they, you know, there's a formula that works and it plays and whatever. Um, but this is like, what do we have to do to get some, some songs, some anthems behind this stuff? I don't know, Adam, your your first name basis with Taylor Swift, can you tell me? No, yeah, that's right. I'll ask, I'll ask Taylor. <laughs> no, I don't, uh, I I don't understand. I agree. It's, it, there's been a complete silence from the top musical acts on the, these issues, even the black ones. Like we saw, we saw Drake in the weekend donate a bunch of money, but in terms of just speaking out with their words, you don't, you're not seeing that from the top acts in the music industry. And then they're not getting support from any of the, the white ones either. No. And they'll, they'll do social media stuff. Sure. Like, like, like I know Imagine Dragons will jump behind every good, as much as I can't stand their music, they'll jump behind every good cause there is. And I give them full marks for that. They're amazing for that. Pete Blackburn um, just threw his phone into the ocean. Yeah, no, Cardi B uh, will jump behind great causes and that sort of thing. And I love, <laughs> like, I love her new song with, I love all of that stuff, but wow. you gotta get how, how does it go? Sing it. <laughs> you know what? You need to look up... Um, <laughs> So you're going to talk about Ben Shapiro again? Ben Shapiro. You need to look at Oh, up. God. Um, no, but it, it's where's the protest stuff, guys? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. That's like, especially for rock and roll, which I'm a, bit, I'm a rock guy. For rock, that's where they made their money was being the anti-establishment. And it just seems like we've got a bunch of guys right now who are either trying to be the Arctic Monkeys or Nirvana, and there's no real... 
um, there's no real protest. There's no real passion from our artists. And I'm a, I'm a little disappointed. And now there's a ton of artists who are probably doing it without major label support, but it really doesn't do a lot of good if you don't have the distribution. You there. need the major artists to jump into the fire and take a risk. And oh no, maybe sales lag a little bit. Oh no, maybe you took a risk at the top of your career. But this is, this is another thing for the music industry. And I'm actually surprised more people aren't saying stuff. It can't just be people in hip hop and rap. And you, Jesse, you said it. You, you don't even think that it's enough there. It's it, got to well, be everybody. On that front, there, there, are, there are enough in, in hip hop and rap. Like Lil Baby dropped uh, The Bigger Picture, which is all about police reform. Um, Nas has a couple of songs on his album that dropped last week. Jay Z and Pharrell, which is the just, least surprising because Nas is always doing that, right? Yeah, Jay Z and Pharrell just dropped a track last uh, Friday, actually, that tackles some of the issues. So it happens in hip hop, but the whole point of this is that we need to get past the people who are affected from it talking about it. Also, Nas is ours. Nas is 46. Right. Like, where's the next generation, guys? Yeah. That guy was born in Nas 1973. Was, yeah. can, can we get the next Nas. generation in there? Yeah, Nas, was a, Nas had, like, big hits when I was in grade eight. Like, he's been around. His debut oh, album right. dropped uh, in 92, I think. I used to download Nas yeah. off Napster and Kazaa. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even, like, like, Jay-Z and music videos. Jay-Z and Pharrell are in their 40s, and we're asking them to speak on it, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, I it'd be it'd be great if the artists use their platform like the way the athletes are using their platform. The athletes play basketball, they play hockey, they're using that. So the the musicians they make songs. They mm-hmm. should make songs about it, mm-hmm. and the mainstream ones. Anyway, just an aside. Let's. Um, How uh, many of you did I ruin your day by saying Nas is forty six? <laughs> Nas is only six years older than Macaulay Culkin. Oh my God, that's scary. Did you see that tweet where he's like, guys, yeah. I'm 40. Is it weird that I'm significantly younger than Macaulay Culkin and that made me feel old? You know I don't know, I mean? man. I, I, I'm sure it, the, the, movie all came, the movie came out when we were all young, so I'm assuming that no, it's probably not. But I was like, oh, he's a kid. Good. Whoa. Whoa. That's not a hot take. What? Home Alone's not good. I've seen it once when I was fucking Okay, Home Alone 2 is better no home alone 2 is absolutely just, better when you were 10 it was 2016 like all right. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it still wasn't good yo you know what show jesse's never seen steve what no. saved by the bell never seen it uh you know what man i didn't really ever see saved by the bell shut either. up no. shut up <laughs> shut up that's no. not fair yes you did saved by the You're bell liar. didn't it come out the year we were born so you didn't you didn't have PBS after school with Kelly Kapowski or no? Yeah, TBS. I watched newer, PBS. better shows. Yeah, I watched Hannah Montana. Oh my God. Like Hannah, Ma- see, so Jesse upset. is. I remember being. There's a generational divide there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the show that we made fun of in university, where we were like, "Ah, we're not kids anymore." Oh like, no! Jesse you were was... actually a kid enjoying it. The Hannah Montana is a fantastic show. Man, ugh. I was watching Hey Arnold. There was a golden age of YTV. It was so, I would come home from school and it would be like Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, Hey Arnold, and then Raw would come on and I would watch <laughs> highlights from WrestleMania 14 of Stone Cold Steve Austin beating up Shawn Michaels. It was the best time of my life. <laughs> anyway. Hey, man, who says that growing up in front of the TV turns out that bad? We all did. Look at me, You're I'm okay. normal. Yeah, exactly. So that's, how you learn, that's how I learned all my life lessons. 
Yeah, it's it all true. wraps up in thirty minutes, and it's all nice. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's just clean, right? <laughs> yeah. life is so clean. <laughs> um, all the hey, problems get solved. So let's nice. just. I want to quickly mention this. There's the Hockey Diversity Alliance presented some next steps, and then and then we're gonna move on to the uh, to the series here. Um, they are asking the NHL and the NHLPA to increase the number of black executives in the NHL to 3.5% before the end of the 2024-2025 season. They're asking the NHL to implement anti-racism and unconscious bias education within the NHL to make it mandatory for all league employees before the start of next season. And thirdly, provide funding to the HDA, uh, the Hockey Diversity Alliance, to create and maintain grassroots hockey development that will introduce, develop, and support uh, uh uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I can't read properly, uh, to support minor hockey across the country, uh, across both countries, to create anti-racism and unconscious bias training for use in minor hockey leagues across North America, and to support social justice initiatives that target racism and access to justice for members of the black, indigenous, and racialized communities. Also, uh, uh, do want to say a uh, few NBA and NHL teams have stepped up and they're using their stadiums to increase uh, access to voting. So like polling for the November election, which is great as well. Either it doesn't matter how you vote on that one. I think you just, the, the, the access to voting is really going to make things. That's, that's where we restore faith in the governments that we have. If we feel like our votes count. Nothing about more people legally voting should scare you. And if it does, I need you to take a good long think. Bingo. Let's go to Vegas in Vancouver. So Vegas jumped out last night to a two-goal lead, despite Vancouver's pretty amazing first period. And I'm not sure how much of this game you guys caught, but Vancouver looked great. Like, they're, they're a really good team. It's scary. Now, they – told you. Um, told you. Vegas still, still scored. Uh, and Vancouver, I thought that power play in the second period was where Vancouver's going to jump back into it. But obviously, too many men call on the power play is just going sh- to just kill you. I'm trying to think of the last time I've ever seen that. <sighs> it's, you know, and it's, it's probably just excitement. Uh, like, like we're going to get back in this and somebody calls out something. Like, I never know. It's weird. I never know how that happens at the NHL level. Like, how is it possible? Right. The Leafs were the kings of bench miners when Babcock was the coach. What happens? Who is that on? It's frustrating. You would think assistance. I don't know. Who I don't calls know. Out the lines? Doesn't the head coach call out the lines? You'd, yes, actually. There's that so, creepy gif of Babcock tapping the Matthews line and they all go at the same it, time. It, it's, uh, it's funny you, your takeaway from the game early on was that Vancouver was better than Vegas because I looked at it as, okay, it's four, goal, four shots and mm-hmm. uh, Vegas scored twice. It was 2-0 yes. two, two right away on four shots. And after that, it's score effects. Like it was, it was a five on three for Vancouver. Uh, it was like towards the end of the first period and they didn't score. It was like for mm-hmm. over a minute and they couldn't pot anything. And then after that, it's okay. We're just going to, we're going to run up the shots. The shots are going to even up eventually. And then Mark Stone puts away and gets a, he makes it three, nothing. I, I only said the first period. I only said right, the first period. Right. The first period was dominated after yes. it was two, nothing. Nice Vegas. stupid opinion, Adam. <laughs> You fucking suck. <laughs> I looked at that game. I'm like, oh, Vegas is just better. They are. They are. But we expected that. The fact that Vancouver got up, like, and I know this is this sounds silly, uh, and I'm not trying to be patronizing, but this Vancouver team, the fact that they took two or three, one of three periods from Vegas in this game is still. You have to look at it like grading on a curve here. Vegas should win every game in this series. This Vegas is run. that good, and they almost have. 
This team reminds me so much of the 16-17 Leafs, which we still look back on so fondly. Like, just this team that we didn't really have many expectations for, but surprised us at almost every turn. Yeah. And if you're a Canucks fan, are you not playing with house money? Yes. Like, is this – you won – you beat the Blues in the first round and won a qualifier to get here. So, you've won two rounds of playoff hockey, whether you refer to it as the Stanley Cup playoffs or not. And now you're given Vegas – who some people have uh, as the odds-on favorite to win the whole Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. you're giving them hell. You're mm-hmm. giving them absolute hell. Now, before the series began, I said, I believe I said Vegas would win in seven, but Vancouver would. No, you picked Vancouver on this show. Did I? Yeah. See, said, I think this is the one off. series where I've picked, I picked one team in one video and another in another. But <laughs> I knew it was going to be tight. Um, and I picked Vancouver with my heart. My my brain knows Vegas is the better team. And yeah. if Vancouver wins, they're going to need some luck. And last night, what are you going to do? Robin Leonard shut you up twice. Yeah. Twice. It's almost yeah. like he's good. It's rough. And 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 that's the thing. And then so the, the word on the street today is Marc-Andre Fleury will start for Vegas today as they play it back-to-back. Just awesome. Um, awesome. Which is hilarious. Can you not, can you not wait? Oh. I, oh, it's going to be fun. And it's at 6 o'clock tonight, too. It's a nice early game. Um, oh, wait, no, that's Dallas and Colorado. Uh, and if he pitches a shutout, you can't expect to play the next game. The other guy's got two. I don't understand why you wouldn't start Robin Leonard again. So well, it's back to back, yeah. right? Nah. So, no, what? So what? Yeah, you're, the, you're a goalie that has shutout. What are you trying to do? Like, are we trying to – okay, are we – is this really where we're at where we're going to be like, well, you know, his feelings – who fucking cares? Robin I Leonard- wonder. I wonder if Robin Leonard was approached and he was like, you know what? Give it the flower. Yeah, but you shouldn't ask Robin Leonard. You should know. say, Robin, you just had a shutout. We're putting you back in the net because we're trying to win the cup. We're not trying to win the feelings cup. We're trying to win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. The problem is not is Mark Andre Fleury ass. The problem is who is better. They've started the better goalie throughout this series. I don't really have a problem with them going to flurry in this game i have a problem but, because i picked but, vegas in this series but my ass is on the line but, here this is yeah, flurry's ass is on the line here and if he stinks you're done you don't get a chance to get in the rest of the why playoffs. are we doing this in the yeah, second round this Steve? isn't the time do you think that the Leafs would have been like you know if the Leafs had made it this far you know what it's a back-to-back although with babcock they probably would have uh, it's a back-to-back. Freddie, I know you got us here this far, but let's just throw Jack Campbell in there just to see. Just, Jack's, Jack's got to draw in a little bit, right? Like, I mean, come on. We got to win together as a team, and this is cool and whatever. No. This is what Alan Walsh – Alan Walsh accomplished his goal. This is what he wanted. He won. Damn it. Alan Walsh is a great agent. He's great. You're right. This is insane. You're right. And they caved – McCrimmon, DeBoer, all of you guys, you caved. Your better goalie is Robin Leonard. Your better goalie is Robin Leonard. Don't tell me he's tired. It's the playoffs. He just had four days off. You know, know, I think – And he's 30 and he's in the prime shape of his life. Come on. That Sam Karkidi thing with the Flyers, I immediately was like, okay, he's already sowing the seeds for if the Islanders win this series, he's going to blame it on the postponement. Mm Mm-hmm. What happens if Flurry completely blows it and Vancouver comes back and wins this series? 
That's on the head coach. Then I, like, I would be – if I'm the owner, I'm looking at the GM and head coach and going, what the hell were you guys thinking? Yeah. You took out the goalie unless Leonard's got an injury. If Leonard gets an injury, fair. If he's, if he, like, let's say he's got – like goalies always have something going on with their course. hips or their groin. So if you've got to pull groin, hip flex, or whatever, and you're like – and the training staff says to you, hey, listen, it would be better if for the long-term prospects of this team that he didn't play. I get it. You do have a tandem for a reason. But please don't make this about the feelings part. Please don't let that be the reason. How many, how many teams are still in the playoffs who, without need due to injury, started two goalies? Let me have a look. Uh, the, the Avalanche the have. Oilers, Avalanche Oilers have. are out. Yeah. Avalanche have, but they needed to. Yeah. Uh, Knights, Canucks, no. Flyers, I, well, the, the Knights did because I think he's played. Fleury did play the first game. Um, oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, Flyers, Penguins, Islanders. Penguins are done. Yeah, I'm just looking at the sit. Hurricanes, the, done. Yep. The Bruins, Bruins are a unique, Bruins, unique. situation, and, and Rask not going I well. Was hurt. Yeah. No. And that's well. It's the well, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Yeah, no. It's you need a starter, man. You yeah. got to pick and a guy. You know what? You're right. I'm trying to look at it, and you know what? You know why I'm defending it? I love it as a story. Oh, it's great. I love oh, it as a listen, story. I don't hate the fact that it's a great story. Who, anyone who is not totally sure, you know, oh, I don't know, I got work tomorrow. You got to watch, you got to watch Vegas, Vancouver now. You mm-hmm. have to. You have to just to see. Don't you just want to see? If he gets a shutout, it's an awesome story. If he gets lit up, it's an awesome story. If he wins or loses, it's an awesome story. But the only guy we're talking about, and this is to Adam's point, the only guy we're talking about is Flurry. We're not talking about Vegas winning or losing. We're talking about Marc-Andre Flurry winning or losing. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing that with Leonard. Nope. Leonard is Vegas's goalie. There are two goalies in this series, Vegas's goalie and Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm-mm. Mark Andre Fleury better have the game of a lifetime. Now, Tampa and Boston, the series is becoming a little bit uh, uneven now. In the last six periods, Tampa has outscored Boston 11-2. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Steve, Jesse, mm-hmm. you both played hockey informally. <laughs> Barely. How many, <laughs> how many games do you think you could win if you were scored, outscored 11-2 over six periods? Uh, if you're the guy, if you're the guy scoring two goals, Carry the how many two. games do you think you can win? Oh, I could win like two. One. <laughs> you could win one. I would need two shutouts. You could win one, two, nothing. No, no, you can't. You can't have two shutouts because you're eleven two in six games or in two games. Oh, and two, well, then I oh, could win one. Games. I could win one for sure. You could. You might. Maybe. Just have and one the, really bad absolutely, night and yeah. come back and pursue one really the next bad game. game. Okay, yeah. well. <laughs> Listen. We we had that with Rachel's Raiders this year. Mm-hmm. Actually, we goal. won our first game. You guys showed up. We lost. And then we had our third game, and we won. Yeah, Ian Tullock was talking Brown about carried the team. Ian Tullock was talking about zone entries on the bench. I'm not kidding. <laughs> He's committed. <laughs> showed up late for the first game. Got dressed on the bench. Hung over. Talking about him. zone entries. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> With your red socks, you knew we had yellow jerseys. Shut up. <laughs> Looking like Ronald McDonald. Shut up. <laughs> I love Ian. Um, I don't. Shut up. Boston fans cannot put this on Tuka Rask. 
No. If you don't score, you can't put it on Yara Halak either. If you don't score, you don't win. Yeah. And and Halak's been very good since Tuca left until the last couple games. But the reality is Boston just hasn't been that good. And it has nothing to do with their goaltending. You don't score, you don't win. Yeah, and two of those goals last game weren't his fault. They were oh, exactly. weird, they're weird bounces. And what and if, the what and the thing Tampa is is that you don't... you may not even win one game with two goals. Like you may that may not be enough. Two goals over two games? That's what if Tampa is an absolute wagon? Like what I mean, if what if last year was last year Victor Hedman was not even close to 100%, probably shouldn't have been playing at all. Um, and not only are they playing talented, they're playing mad. Yeah. Like the, the, I, you know, we keep talking about Vegas, Vegas. Look how good Vegas is, Vegas. The Islanders are an amazing story right now. Mm-hmm. And if they have the lead, it's a death sentence. Tampa versus the Islanders is going to be fascinating if that's the way it ends up playing out because I don't know how you stop this. Unstoppable force meets immovable object. Yeah, but that was the first round. That was Columbus. No, but that's what they do. They're way more talented. Islanders are way more talented than Columbus. Columbus, but they play the same fair, but, but the Islanders have, they don't have the deficit of talent. Like it was a shock. No one's shocked. The Islanders are in the second round. No one. They're no. a good team. They won a division last year. They're not – like, it, this is not a joke. Columbus, it was like, oh, wow, we're happy to be here this year. This is – if the Islanders go through – and but for the record, I pick Philly. But if the Islanders go through and they have to play Tampa, it will be fascinating. Is this the whole defense wins championships? We'll see. We'll see. Now, I want to read Tampa's something – Tampa's good at from, that, too. I know, was just going to say. I want to <laughs> read something from Joe Smith who is a great reporter for Tampa, works for The Athletic. The Lightning came into this season focusing on some key areas defensively, cutting down on slot chances, odd man rushes, and penalties. And it should be noted that while the Lightning are a heavier, harder-to-play team, uh, sorry, harder-to-play against team, thanks to like Blake Coleman and stuff like that, um, they've been more disciplined. They've been the more disciplined uh, team in the series. Wouldn't you just love to take that quote and staple it to The Athletic Toronto mm. for next season? That's all the Leafs really need to do. I mean, they need a little more talent on the back end. But cutting down slot chances and on-man rushes and bad penalties. You know what's probably going to kill you uh, as, a, as a Bruins fan? Seven guys on the Lightning played over five minutes on the power play last game. And two guys played 457. So really, it's nine guys played five minutes or more on the power play. That can't happen. And I know a lot of that is Nick Ritchie uh, and that major, but holy Moses, <laughs> that's, you, can't, you cannot win playing like that. You can't. I don't care how good your penalty kill is. Especially against Tampa. You need, you need to operate You might be able to beat the Leafs five. like that. You might be able to beat the Leafs like that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably could actually beat the Leafs like that. But. Probably. I think, <laughs> see, see the way we're talking – like, we would talk ourselves into, like, oh, no, the Leafs, uh, you know, they're just the luck and not uh. – now we're just like, no, they suck. Like, we're talking confidently. We're like, no, they're bad. Yeah, well, they that's lo- how they I know Dubas is playoffs. Been- no, I know. Sitting here acting like they were good about a team who didn't make the playoffs. No, they were no, bad like, all season. Absurd. They were bad. They had we, one 20-game stretch that they were good. 
with the Kadri trade, we uh, okay, we talked ourselves. The, the CC trade, ooh, okay, uh, we talked ourselves into it. Now we're just like, no, Mm-mm. no, absolutely no. not. Sorry, J- that was my little. I'd also like to point out break. that the Lightning and Bruins series is unfolding exactly as how I predicted. Thank you. <laughs> along with every, as long, I am Jesse, with, and I'm right. As long uh, as well as every other series that I predicted. Are you right across the board right now? Across the board. Thank you very much. Keep going, Adam. I've had an awful playoff, man. Have you ever hated someone so much that you hated them? No, so maybe much. you should catch the... <laughs> I am. Uh, you know, when you said that, opinions. I felt that. <laughs> What's next? What else am I writing? <laughs> Go ahead. I don't fucking know, Jesse. What is next? Yeah. Flyers, Islanders. Uh, Steve, you mentioned it earlier. Sort of hate it. But uh, Islanders fans are enjoying the fact that there are several Toronto Maple Leafs doing extremely well in Toronto for the Islanders. Leo Komarov, Matt Martin, banging in goals last night, banging in goals. And it's, it's funny. I had, I had a very – I had a moment of peace with it because it, it wasn't like Alex Steen going on to have a near Hall of Fame career after trading <laughs> him away for nothing. Yeah. This is – Komarov and Martin – make a combined i think it's 5.5 million for like a combined 35 points or something like that it's they're not leafs for obvious reasons that's a lot of money man Mm -hmm. and the you know the islanders can afford to have them together Um, most teams i think would not want to do that but the thing with martin is I thought 2.5 was too much for him. It was never he can't play hockey. We know he can play hockey, and we especially know he can step up his intensity in the playoffs. I liked him in the Washington series. And he assisted on the Kapanen goal uh, in double overtime. He was instrumental in that. And Leo Komarov, everyone's like, oh, Leo Komarov. He's been busted up, but like Leo Komarov can play hockey and score. I'm not shocked. Neither of them are bad hockey players. It's maybe surprising they scored in the same game. (laughs) You know what I mean? But then, you know, people are talking about the grit, you know, and the toughness. And I'm like, you know what? That is a thing that the Leafs could use. Mm -hmm. Could use. Note the language. Uh, They need six NHL defensemen, (laughs) which the New York Islanders have right? The Leafs could pull a Brinks truck up to Barry Trotz's house and hire him to be their coach tomorrow. They're not playing like the Islanders. This is not how they're built. No. At all. Um, And, you know, one thing we know about Komarov is he's a soldier. He'll do what the coach says. He'll do what the coach needs him to do. You need me to be the team's top goal scorer? Okay, that seems like a bad idea, but I'll do it. Like, hey, do you need me to be on the shutdown line? All right, I'll do it. You need me to be a prick in the corner? Okay, I'll do it. We, we know he's a soldier. So everyone tweeting me like, oh, it's definitely a ha-ha moment. But for sure. And I didn't, I've never thought either player sucked. Yeah, I did. No, I'm kidding. And, and just on their goals last night, um, if, you, if you watch the play unfold, both of them happened because of turnovers at the blue line. And it just seemed like defensively, 
I know Niskanen and Provorov as a pair didn't have a great night, and defensively the Flyers just weren't there. Because Hart, Hart was all, Hart. as usual. He was great, but yeah. the rest of the team didn't show up in front of him. And if you have no defense, as the Leafs prove, you, as good as your goalie is, you can't win. And just if, if Philly could just get some of that together, those turnovers, um, they'd be a lot better. But the Islanders just look so good. You know, if, if only Alan Vigneault could take that singular focus that he has, that he's able to block out the rest of the world <laughs> and impart some of that to his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? You spend 20 hours a day, you better win. Yeah, you make a comment like that, you better win. Oh, Come uh, on. Oh, nothing gets by you. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> He That's set himself hilarious. up for that one. Good for you. Anyway, um, we obviously have Dallas and Colorado playing tonight. They start at 6 o'clock Eastern time, which is nice for us in the, uh, in the East as well. And I, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool when you live in the West because you get to see games that start at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So like NFL football starts at like 9. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. always, it must be the best. Oh, it must be great. Oh. It's, yeah. Jealous. And I remember Calgary, you could go to the bar and you'd watch – Premier League starting at like 7 a.m. So that people would be drinking. You'd have your Irish coffees. And then the NFL would start right after. And it would be 9 or 10 a.m. And you just go all day. That's it's awesome. It's the best. Imagine living like that and being mad. <laughs> <laughs> How? How? I don't know, Sway. I don't know. That sounds uh, amazing. <laughs> a, uh, uh, I love the look on Kadri's face after his team blew a substantial lead in a playoff game and then his team came back to win it anyway. Yeah. Nice. I've never seen this before. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> what a fun turn of events. That's what his face said. Good for Nas. Cheering for him. Sorry, Dallas. Um, I want to throw out there that um, James Myrtle Boo. was on the app was on uh, <laughs> TSN 1260 Boo. Uh, with low tide. Wait, where's TSN 1260? Edmonton. Boom! <laughs> Talking about, uh, I mean, it was the segment was sort of introduced as, you know, the Leafs and Oilers for a while now seem like good prime trade partners. But um, the, I, I feel like that might have been the case a couple years ago or even last year, but now I don't sense that anymore. I don't see, I don't see a fit because I don't see the Oilers letting go of pieces that the Leafs would actually want. Everybody on the Oilers seems to think that or everybody who's in Oilers fandom is like, well, we have this defenseman we don't like. The Leafs need just people. So why don't we just send Adam Larson to the Leafs? And Adam Larson at $4 million isn't bad, uh, but he's not, he can't transition the puck. And if you've watched any Leafs hockey in the last few years, they have like two guys who can transition the puck, and thanks to Justin Hall now, three. That's not enough at the NHL level. I'm so bringing interested. on another guy at $4 million – even if it's for just a season, who cannot, yes, he can defend. Well, Cody Ceci could defend, but if you can't transition that puck out of the zone, what use are you? You don't have a, you don't have a role. And so uh, this idea that the Leafs somehow really want Adam Larson, James Myrtle mentioned that he said, you know, they might have 30 guys on their list. Adam Larson's near the bottom. If they end up with him, okay, fine, but they're not going to be thrilled. The Leafs uh, this season on defense were surviving at the cost of thriving. And yes. Adam, acquiring Adam Larson seems like it would be another move along those lines. Yes, 100%. So, you know, uh, James did mention that, you know, the Leafs would have interest in Darnell Nurse. Well, who the hell wouldn't, right? Guy's great. 
Yeah. Um, so that's a nothing sort of comment. People are like, well, uh, it could be, yeah, of course they'd have interest in Darnell Nurse, just like they'd have interest in Alex Petrangelo. They'd have interest in Sidney Crosby if he was available for the right price, but they can't get him. Uh, the Crosby one guy that I- Hyman, who says no. <laughs> Whoa, good point. See, Hyman provides something that the Leafs don't have in abundance, <laughs> though. Yeah, it's true. true. Uh, well, then, like, what do you do with the Matthews line? I don't Freddie, know. Freddie Anderson, though, was mentioned as a potential, by low tide, mentioned as a potential candidate to be on the Edmonton goaltending tandem next year. Because I'm assuming, even though we did talk about a couple episodes, how the Oilers would be willing to bring back Mike Smith, let's not pretend that they're like, yes, please, God, give me some more of that Mike Smith stuff. Right? He's like 38 years old. Yes, he's an option. But let's, let's be frank. If they could get a guy like Freddie Anderson for the right price for them, that would make a lot of sense. Freddie Anderson's name keeps coming up. And now it's, there's smoke here, guys. There's smoke, Steve. There is smoke. And it's interesting. You know, the, the Leafs and Oilers talked about Connor Brown, right? Like, it's, it's obvious the Leafs and Oilers want to make a deal or have wanted to make a deal. for That was with a G- different GM, by the way, though. That was yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Same GM, though, Adam, along those same lines, same wavelength. We just, we just missed by a few miles. I was thinking another Alberta team. Twitter, when someone responds to an old tweet, it brings up the whole thread. And yes. someone who I follow with a locked account uh, was tweeting at Pierre Lebrun, asking him a question based on a couple tweets he had in April 2018 hmm. he tweeted and i i do not recall this being a thing but it's uh pierre effing lebrun so i just missed it also worth remembering how hard calgary tried to land anderson as in frederick ducks wanted a bit more from the flames since they were a, a pacific division rival the price was deemed too high by calgary the leafs got him for a low first round pick and who ended up being sam Steele plus a second-round pick in 2017. I think Anaheim wanted to flip the first-round picks with Calgary as a part of that deal. Calgary had a high pick, took Matthew Kachuk, so can't blame Calgary for saying no. On the other hand, how much does Anderson in Calgary change things? And what would the Leafs have done if they didn't get Anderson? Well, the Leafs would would never have made the playoffs in 16-17 without Freddie Anderson. 100%. You're right. But no one – that was not the expectation. No. Unless no, you're no, exactly have, one person. On nobody would have faulted them for that. No. Exactly. So, and, But what's interesting, though, is neither team in Edmonton has a 100% starter. I mean, the Oilers should. Mm-hmm. At this point, Mikko Koskinen is the starter. It's just if you ask their coaching staff, I, I, I guess not. And Calgary doesn't either, really. They got Neuverth and um, Talbot. It's Riddich, confusing Riddich, it... Riddich, Riddich. Oh, Annoyed. Riddich. What Neuvirth? Neuvirth. Okay. The... Sorry. I, no, I, here, let me. <laughs> Neuvirth. Dehydrated. <laughs> Woo! What the? Yeah, been okay. a while. Big save Dave, Dave Riddich. It's because I never say his friggin' name. Um, and uh, Cam Talbot. It was confusing because they switched goalies. And also, I had Michael Neuvirth on the brain uh, for some reason. I had my 2018 brain on. Um, the Leafs and Flames were rumored to have a deal done 
a significant deal done last summer. And the person who said no was Nazem Kadri. Mm-hmm. So Brad Treliving and Kyle Dubas pulled the trigger. Naz pulled out the Captain America shield and said no. The Oilers and Leafs sounded like they were this close on a Connor Brown deal because the Oilers want offense. Mm-hmm. They want a winger. The Leafs don't have Connor Brown anymore, but they still have what the Oilers are looking for. There could be a lot of all-Canadian moves to be made here. Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting. But the Oilers, the, the, the Flames to me are the far more interesting conversation because the, the Flames have something the Leafs lack, which is defense, and the Leafs have something the Flames lack, which is a 50-60 to 60 game starter. Holy. Yeah. Right? Um, whereas I look at the Oilers and I'm like, guys, guys, we both have horrible decors. <laughs> like, yeah. what's – Okay, so you're, the Leafs are going to give you a scoring winger or something like that, and you're going to give us what? Right? Unless you're confident you can get a free agent, which the Oilers are never confident they can do, um, why would you give a significant part of your decor? I would love parts of their decor, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know how the Oilers replace them, and I think they feel the same way, so why would they do it? If the Leafs can dupe them, do it! What's interesting? I just—it's frustrating. I, yeah, it's, and you're not going to do. can dupe them. Yeah, unless, yeah, unless looking Ken at a Holland... Leafs, looking at a Leafs Oilers trade is is so frustrating because I can't, I can't find a deal. Remember last show where I was like, well, if you did, did, did and now all of a sudden it's a 16 part trade, mm-hmm, and yeah. they shouldn't be doing it. The Leafs and Flames, to me, it's a much easier conversation because I think I think there's an easy deal to be made. Uh, and, and, and interesting with Brad Treliving, because there's been a lot of talk about trading Johnny Goudreau. If Brad Treliving and that team do not do well next year, if they don't get past, if they don't get into the second round, his job there is gone. It's gone. I would so, argue it should be done this year. I, I don't think yep. that you're wrong, Jesse, but because they haven't done it yet, my assumption is that they're going on going with him. And I, I, I would agree with you, but, but uh, uh, I think they're going to go with him one more season. Or at least into the, you know, like the Mike Babcock one more season, as in like, ah, we'll give you 20 games. We'll see how the team does. Calgary should do well in the regular season. Now, hold on. If you're Brad Treliving, trading Johnny Gaudreau, unless you get a huge upgrade, doesn't make a lot of sense. Because you're basically lame duck GM territory, right? Even I don't know what his contract is. It doesn't really matter. You are not going to be the general manager of this team if this team does not go to the second round. You got to win the division. You got to go to the second round. So what do you need to do to do that? Certainly isn't trading Johnny Gaudreau. You need Johnny Gaudreau to perform in the playoffs, but you know he can do it in the regular season. He's got like, is he career point nine three points per game? Like that, that's a guy you need in the regular season to get. That's the first step. So I don't know if it does make a lot of sense that he gets traded this year. I could see it maybe next year. So in the meantime, Calgary's dealing from probably a, a, a position of strength in defense. I mean, they are, they've got some really good young prospects and stuff that are coming up too. Um, I'd love to see if, if they get the goalie situation solidified there with Anderson and you got big Dave saved to back, big save Dave, excuse me, to back him up. Michael that's, Neuverth. That's a pretty solid, that's a pretty solid looking team. You think on paper. What are the flames? Don't put Freddie in in any big games. No, I'm kidding. But what, what, are, what are the? Oh, <laughs> just don't oh. go to the seventh game, guys. That's it. Uh, no, I'm kidding. That's not fair. That's really not. Fair. <laughs> well, no, it's actually a, it's it. a perfect it's a perfect relationship. 
Because the flames never make it that far. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect relationship. So, so here, how do you – okay, what – One the, year of what, Freddie what, Anderson and one flames, year of TJ Brody. What's the flames' best attribute? Um, there are sick jerseys. Okay. The Flames have great Second. jerseys. The Flames have always had great yeah. jerseys. Having great, great jerseys. players leave and then being forced into retirement and then uh, coming back and honoring them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kai Bosch trades with the Bruins. Um, <laughs> no, so I, they're defense to me. Now, yeah. we, look, we look at the teams that are doing the Metapod thing. Columbus does a good Metapod. Which is what, Steve? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta explain that to people. Not Sorry, everybody watched Pokemon. I forget that I've talked about it before. So Metapod is a Pokemon that only can do defense. It has no offensive attacks except for the weird, rare ones that can tackle. Now, what they just do is harden and harden and harden, and that's how they defend themselves. Basically, Columbus does a good job of that. Now, how do they do that? They have really good defense. Mm-hmm. They have a forward core that buys into that, and they have a good goaltender behind it. What do the Islanders have? They have a good defensive core. They have a good goalie behind it, and they have forwards that buy into the defensive identity of the team. To me, with the Flames, I see a team that could do that if they had the proper goalie. And Big Save Dave has proven he can be that at times, but it's not enough. Frederick Anderson playing behind that decor. If they trade Johnny Gaudreau and it takes away from their offense, but it provides something else for them, if it provides more of a nuisance, like I think about the identity of the Calgary Flames. I think Mark Giordano, they're good defense. Um, And I also think about Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. If your identity becomes, it's, it's, you come to our building and play us, you're going to have a miserable time. If that's your identity, I think it gives you a better chance of winning. Does Johnny Gaudreau help with that identity? I don't think so. And I'm, this isn't a Tyler Sagan situation. Um, although now that, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, we're talking about a player who fans love, but the organization views is kind of a pain in the ass, but he's extremely talented. <laughs> How do you get fair value for him? Johnny Gaudreau's a little older than him, and he doesn't have a Stanley Cup. Tyler Sagan did uh, when he was moved. Different situations, but still. I do see a situation where they could trade Johnny Gaudreau and become better. Um, it just depends what's coming back. They, they need an identity. We keep talking about this with the Flames. I don't know what they are. They, so if they trade Johnny Gaudreau, it's not necessarily we, – we keep seeing these deals where we're like, oh, my God, they got fleeced. And then everyone just seems to have a career year after that. If the Flames can find a deal for him – that gives them an identity, not strengthens it because they don't have one. If they can make a Johnny Gaudreau trade that gives them an identity, I could see them making noise next year. But they need a goalie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. It would be an interesting landing spot. Uh, lastly, on the news docket, um, we had the news break uh, over the the uh, the cancellation break that uh, Dale Talon who is now no longer the general manager of the Florida Panthers, is being investigated by the NHL for potentially using a racial slur. We do know that he uh, – it was a very odd quote that he didn't know that – I believe it was Matt Dumbo uh, – didn't know his dis- – like that he was a player of color, and he said he didn't see color or something like that. But beyond that, uh, 
that's a it's a it's a situation where I'm not totally clear on where they're at with that investigation. It's been very quiet. So I'm basically just going to leave it, leave you with that. You know, I'll, you can look in all the reports and stuff, but there's very little known on that. Yeah, I didn't, and it's it's I, just I, I was confused as to whether or not he was fired because of it or not. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think that's been confirmed either way. I don't think they know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just I don't know if there's enough to talk about here. Right. The Matt Dumma quote was wild. Wild. Just crazy. Uh, that's the thing that stands out. But I, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say I don't know enough to really dive into this one because I, I don't know enough. Like I just don't think there's enough that's confirmed information. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna put that on the back burner. But we should acknowledge that it's happening. That the investigation is ongoing. Um, and uh, and and then acknowledge that there's a GM search in the works. Right now, it looks like Chris, uh, Kevin Weeks, Chris Drury, uh, Peter, Peter Shirelli, all in. Uh, uh, but apparently today, the report was that Chris Drury is now no longer in the running, former NHL player. Uh, Kevin Weeks apparently still is, but the front runner seems to be Pete Shirelli. No. <laughs> all right. Who is the Panthers' best young player? Because they're gone. So, Steve, you were mentioning a stat off the top of the show with Roberto Luongo and the Florida yes. Panthers. Yes. Uh, I don't remember the exact stat, but I know the important parts. Luongo played over 500 games as a member of the Florida Panthers in his two stints there over the course of 11 seasons. He played six playoff games as a member of the Florida Panthers. Six! That is unacceptable. Now, the good news for the Panthers is we know they're going to have a good draft because they don't have their own fifth rounder, but they do have the Leafs that they got for Michael Hutchinson, and you know that's going to be a Hockey Hall of Fame player. Um, but, man, we talk about futility in the NHL. Uh, the Leafs have been very frustrating. They haven't been able to win a playoff series. Uh, the Sabres have not been able to get into the playoffs for a long time, but they had a pretty good run before that. What have the Panthers done since 1996? Like, for real, they're, they're awful. They're awful. They really need to find a way to be relevant because we keep – you know, we often rag on teams, and we drag Calgary into this conversation. We rag on teams where uh, every year we're like, well, here they come. Here they come. Is that not the Panthers in a nutshell? Like Barkov at 5.9, Huberto at 5.9, wicked deals. This team's going to be amazing. And they just never, never with anything with the Florida Panthers. They, whoever gets in there needs to make noise and make this team relevant for the love of God. Give them, give them some kind of results because they haven't done anything and they basically squandered the prime years or many of the prime years one of the best goaltenders of the last quarter century. That's all. Aaron Eckblad is, is a name that keeps coming up with Leaf fans, and I don't know why. I don't know why. It's not what the team needs. It'd be great oh, to have well, them. But it, like, it's great, but is it going to push the needle to make I, I, this I mean, team a think, playoff team? I think he's a higher-end defenseman, for sure. I yes. think that, uh, I mean, God, he was, he's a very, 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 very good hockey player. Uh, I just, I'm curious as to what people think they're going to give up to get them. Going to be a lot. Yeah. Going to be a lot. 
You sure you're ready for that? Here's, okay. I think it was Ray Ferraro I was listening to. He was talking about Leafs priorities. And we keep talking, I think we talk too generally with the Leafs need defense. Well, no shit. You know what they need for the love of God? Morgan Riley's defense partner. Yes. Worry about his contract later. He's going to be a Leaf for what, two more years? Get him a defense partner for those two years for the love of God. Cody Cece, Tyson Berry. Ron Hainsey. Ron Hainsey. Nikita Zaitsev. Dion Phaneuf. For the love of God. Get the Aaron Ekblad would be the best one by a mile. By a country mile. So I'm not going to laugh at any name that shoots right I'm and not is laughing. good at hockey. I'm not laughing. I'm saying, how do you get him? Yeah. I'd love Aaron Ekblad. That's a good, how do you get him? Man. How do you get it? Well, he does put up points, right? He's obviously a significant part of the Florida Panthers. Um, but we're, this is going to be interesting because the salary cap has made it difficult for the Leafs to flex their financial might unless it's in a deal with the Ottawa Senators, um, which they always find a way to make a goofy deal with the Ottawa Senators. Um, it's been several months since they made one. I'm kind of wondering if it's around the corner, just waiting to jump out. But uh, this kind of seems like a decent place to start, doesn't it? Team with a new GM looking to do something, looking mm-hmm. to get his team relevant, um, and may – legitimately have some cash troubles well if you're going to use that as the framework are the coyotes not another example they absolutely are and they have some uh pool that roster that roster construction there is not great um it's, it's uh it really it's a mosaic oof. there's you know we talk about a identity the mm-hmm. coyotes are a collection of players i like that do not work together so, so let, for everybody that's mad about the mitch marner contract still mad about the mitch marner contract uh how do you feel about paying 7.125 to 40 point clayton keller the last two seasons 40 point guy clayton keller how do you feel about that i'll take i'll take the 11 million dollar mitch marner over that who 11 mitch marner who probably is going to get 100 points here soon uh i'll yeah this I'll, is the thing like he could get 80 points in a disappointing season right like this <laughs> like is he's still really good. Like th- th- this is, I think context is important. Somebody brought up, they're like, well, what would it take to, would, you know, with the Leafs flip, um, this is in my DMs, would the Leafs flip their first for Shalmerson? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> one no. year of Shalmerson who's 35? No. no. But one year, there's one a, year and 32 games. Yes. But Maybe. there's a guy where if he's healthy, that's not a bad five, six. Well, that was another part of the segment I was listening to. They're like, oh, Tanev. Like, Ooh, if he's playing, if he's playing, if he's get he a healthy year, but is he playing? Ekblad's in the if he's playing conversation too. But like, maybe that's yep. maybe that's all you can do is the if he's playing conversation. I I would take a look at Ekblad, but I wouldn't heavily in their medical staff. I want I want well, Tyler okay, so what's back just, contract? just for fun. Uh, his cap hit is seven point five. But what's interesting is is he's got a very leaf-like contract, actually. Front-loaded? Uh, yeah, it's a lot of signing bonus. This year, so this ship has already sailed. Uh, this year, um, 
makes five mil base salary, four mil signing bonus. So he makes $9 million this year. Um, what a weird deal. Here's how it goes, by the way, in terms of actual money. Nine mil, seven mil, nine mil, six mil, nine mil, six mil, seven mil, seven mil. <laughs> what? And the signing bonus goes five, three, four, four, three, four, three, three. <laughs> Who? Why? Why is it structured this way? Because it's signing bonus heavy, it looks like a leaf deal. Uh, I'm really struggling to understand why the Panthers did it exactly this way. Um, I think we're maybe thinking about them wrong because they're not, they, they don't make any money, but they're not necessarily cash poor, uh, because of ownership, but I just, it just feels like there could, something could work here, but like this upcoming season, because he only makes six, I bet Ekblad plays the next season in Florida and then he's moved because then he goes back up to nine Mm. and his signing bonus well, they're trying to shed salary, too. No. That's going to be if Shirelli takes over, the first order of business is shedding salary. Adam, when you were bringing up the potential GM candidates, did you bring up Eddie Olchuk? Oh, is he in the running? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't apparently that. he's in the running, too, and that's just that's very odd. <laughs> just take Two a, television take a, analysts are front runners. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Weeks and Eddie Olchuk. Yeah, they're taking broadcasters and seeing if they want to run hey, listen, the team. Pierre Maguire has been second uh, in line for uh, for about 20 years now. Um, I, again, it's 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 uh, I don't know that you have to have a huge brain to be a general manager based on some of the moves I've seen. I think what you need to do is have the right assistants. Surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. I think you got to be ballsy enough to put your, your career on the line and say, I'm going to make this trade and it's scary. But if you have the right people in your analytics department, if you believe in that, um, which I do, obviously, uh, if you have the right people in your scouting staff, if you're the, that's your job as the general manager. Um, so a guy like Eddie Olchuk would know a lot of people in the NHL. So you hire sometimes these general managers, and this goes for any uh, industry, just based on the people that they know. What's the staff going to look like when we put this team of people together? Kevin Weeks, the same thing. Kevin Weeks has been around the game for 30 years. Like, he knows who's smart and who isn't. He would have a really good read on that. If I am Doug Sifu in the Florida Panthers' ownership, I need a guy who has those connections. That's, to me, why Eddie Olchuk makes a lot of sense. He knows everybody. Uh, He's been, you know, he played for Toronto in, like, 1990, right? Like, guys, forever. So I think when you have that sort of connection, that connection, you can find those people if you're smart enough to, to advise you to make the proper decisions, you hope. So that's what I, that's how I would look at it. And again, I don't know, I don't know Eddie personally. I know he's a great analyst. Um, so why not? I mean, it, it can't be worse than what was happening there before. Can it? Yeah. You can't get worse than not being yeah. good. Uh, I mean, well, if you're Panther, the Panthers, you just it's just on brand. Yeah. <laughs> I want Kevin Weeks just because we've talked to each other several times and I really like him. But uh, something I just found out, he was the Panthers' second ever draft pick. That's cool. I That's didn't know that. Second round pick, 1993, uh, behind the fifth overall pick that year, Rob Niedemeyer. Wow. Uh, but, like, I always find it weird that – don't you notice teams seem to go back or players seem to go back – in some sort of coaching or management role to the team that drafted them. 
even if they have little or no connection beyond that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of that going on. Kevin Weeks played for the Devils, and before that, the Rangers, and before that, the Hurricanes, and before that, the Lightning, and before that, the Islanders, and before that, the Canucks. He was drafted by the Panthers and played 11 games for them. <laughs> but he might be their next GM. Yep. Be interesting Small world. Yep. It's, yeah, it's very weird how that happens. Uh, Adam, good. you also brought up, uh, was it Clay- Clayton Keller's contract? Yes. Do you want to play who has the worst contract? No, 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 no. Which on which team? <laughs> so Clayton Keller is how much was it? It was seven point one five until twenty twenty eight. He's currently <laughs> he's currently twenty two years old. Oh, and he's still really young. Yeah, has a third no a twenty three goal season under his belt, and last year had forty four points in seventy games. Happening at three point two million had a letdown, and he had thirty six points. Mm. He was a letdown. Just throwing that out there. Now, would you take that or former Arizona Coyote Kyle Turris, who Oof. is being paid six million dollars until twenty twenty four, the age thirty one, and no. a great thirty one points last season and nine Oof. goals. Oh, my God. Man, the, the, what's happened to Kyle Turris since he left Ottawa? Oh. Um, but have you seen the buyout talk around him? What, what is it? Uh, well, people are talking about buying him out. And I, oh, I'm trying to find the – how do you do the buyout calculator on Cap Friendly? I looked it up. I'm like, are you, are you high? Are you actually insane? How do you – how on God's green earth could you do that? It would cripple the team. You've got – Find some sort of funny deal mm-hmm. you can do. Oh, I can't do it. I can't find it um, on the spot. But it's – oh, buyout current contract. Here we go. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Ew! So it's $2 bucks against the cap mm-hmm. for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. How bad is this guy? When you said 31 points, that's about 25 more points than I thought he had based on the conversation around him. Overpaid? Sure. Kind of washed? Fine. Two million bucks against the cap for the next eight years? Jesus! That's horrible! Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that. Now, is it worth it to get whatever it is, six-something off for the next You get four, four mil. You get four mil back. That's not bad. Man. Man, like, are the Preds in a position to pay $16 million to someone to not play for them? No. Is anyone? Is anyone? Like, I, uh, they're going to have to get creative if they want to. I think he's going to have to play for them. Yeah. Even if it's a fourth line role, you got to play on the ice. Yeah. Well, remember, remember the conversation we had years ago? Hey, you know what's, you know what's a really interesting option with Dustin Brown is if he uh, got better. <laughs> and, and he, he did. did. Yeah. And that was the best possible outcome for mm-hmm. the LA Kings. Like, is Turris so washed that there's no hope he could return to? I don't think that's the case. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Like, that's that's got to be priority one. Mm-hmm. Like, we said that with the Kings. Priority one has got to be figuring out what's going on with Dustin Brown and rehabilitating him as a player. That's got to be priority one for the Preds with Kyle Turris. Okay. 
Well, I would to answer your question, Jesse, I would take Clayton Keller because at least there's upside there. You've seen him hit 60 points before. Oh, yes, it was easily. in his rookie season. Yeah, Clayton Keller. I'd take Clayton, Clayton Keller, Keller for sure. Yeah. All right. That's what I would say. But uh, I, I like was a big game. Kyle Turris guy. I thought that was a good move for the, uh, the Preds. And uh, we thought Ottawa was insane. And what were they thinking? And uh, wow. <laughs> were they right? It is good it on is Pierre Dorian. The masterpiece of Joe Sackick's career. That uh, I did that trade tree, that three-way deal. Uh, that that guy is a Stanley Cup champion. I don't know if he's ever done something as effective as that deal. Which trade? The, the uh, so Turris went to the Preds mm-hmm. as part of the three-way deal to send Matt Duchesne to Ottawa. Right. And Colorado got everything. Right. Sam Gerard, everything. that first-round pick switch with the um, uh, Senators. And oh, like, I don't uh, think I think Byram. the Senators. Oh. The Senators, looking back, they've won Carlson and Duchesne. Did they not? Oh, they won the Carlson deal. Yeah. Uh, Duchesne, oh, Duchesne on the way out? Yeah. I don't remember what that deal is. I don't remember the Carlson deal. I can't even remember what the heck The was Carlson it. deal oh, that was resulted in... Yeah. And the third overall pick this the, year. This year. No, that was Stone. Stone was Brandstrom. And the right. third overall pick. Yeah, that was a good move. <laughs> really good move. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, but you got to draft good players and mm-hmm. be relevant, which the Sens are still. It, I I like what they're doing. It's like the captain deal. I like it. Better do something with it. Yep, they got good value. You got to do something with it. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. There's uh. If I'm if I'm the Leafs, I'm calling the Coyotes. First off, you got a new GM. Uh, second. Uh, you can grind them because they've just lost their first round picks and you can dangle that first round pick and you can pick from the roster. The question is, are you a fan of anything that's on their roster? Don't know. So if you're Kyle Dubas, you just call up every team and go, Hey, do you have money? No, I, I know. I just wanted to hear you say it. Hey, listen, <laughs> and like, and you try to figure it out. Yeah. You try to figure it out. There's, there's some deals to be made. Let's do the press conference. The presser. Press conference. Great uh, dance moves there, Steve. You know, I just you guys are bullies. You're, you're awesome, Steve. We all loved it. Um, um, what do we got, this one's from K Dude Twenty Two on our Reddit page. K Dude, they want to know what is your take on couples who support different teams? Should they keep up the banter and trash talk during games, or should that be kept to a minimum to avoid hurt feelings? Uh, no, you should lean into the banter, especially at the beginning of your relationship, because that is what we call a test. (laughs) (laughs) You're setting a precedent. That is, you're setting a precedent. This is my relationship advising of all new couples. You set a precedent. If your partner does something that bugs you and you let them know six months in, know whose fault that is? You. It's Mm. your fault. So Mm. if you're a Habs fan dating a Bruins fan, you lean into that shit. First date. First, you know, you maybe don't like, you know, throw like Habs color paint on them or something. I could see how that would be going too far. But no, yeah, rip them. Rip them a little bit. Adam? Get into it. That sounds fun. It sounds fun. If you're taking it personally, um, that's on you. Uh, I think, I think 
like Steve said, it's a test and your feelings shouldn't get hurt if your team gets killed and someone makes fun of you for it. Um, you know, it sucks to see your team lose. Believe me, I watch a team that loses all the time, but, uh, it's, and, and I get chirped for it all the time. And maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm numb to it now. Um, but I think, I think if you can't, first off, if you make it personal, you're an asshole. So if you're if you're sending Whoa, personal look at you, somebody, little piece of shit. Yeah, like if you're doing that, they lost. But if 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 they if your teams are facing each other, and your team wins, give them a little poke with your foot and go. How about that? Just be smug. Be very smug. Very quiet. Enjoy it. And you should have some fun with this. This is an opportunity to even if like win or lose, bring a little joy to your relationship and uh, respect the fact that both of you like the same sports which is amazing because a lot of people, uh, you know, will date somebody and they won't even like that sport or like, you know, I've dated women that didn't like hockey. Um, turns out inevitably they end up getting mad at you for liking it so much. And I'm sure it's vice versa too, because you're, because you're watching hockey so much and they're like, I don't like this. And that's fair. It's a fair point. Um, and that's the, so that's the thing. Like it's, it's a, I think it's an opportunity to create a little bit of tension. Tension's a good thing between the two of you. And tension often ends up in the bedroom. So that's great. We like to. Oh, and why not more of that? Am I right? I'd, I'd be a mental assassin. I just, the whole next day, just, I just, that's, that's all I would do is the little lip move just to let them know that I am thinking <laughs> about the fact that my team won and theirs lost. So Seif says that, but I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like if, if, if uh, Mrs. Dangle was a fan of, I don't know, the Senators or the Canadians or Boston. Not I, my house. I think, she she'd, be, yeah. I think she'd be better at it. Yeah. Oh, you, easily. Yeah. <laughs> She's Scottish. She's I'd be dead. I'd be <laughs> in a puddle on the floor. She's Scottish. She would tear my whole life apart. Right. She wouldn't need to say much. I learned swear words in Scotland at a soccer game well into adulthood. There you go. Like stuff I'd never heard before. Those guys, and, and that was just the stuff they were yelling at the, the team they support. We should have seen what they were yelling at the supporter section. Just or the, the visitor section. I, cool. I, think, I think that, uh, I, yeah, that would be very interesting. It would be funny next year if we could get Mrs. Dangle to just pretend to be a Boston fan for a year and see <laughs> how that went. <laughs> She's, she wouldn't be good at, like, fake chirping. Mm. She would need to She's really be behind it. it. She wouldn't be good at chirping me from like a Bruins angle. She would be good at talking about how the leaves her ass. Fair enough. This Fair question enough. comes from Marge and in charge. Also on Reddit. <laughs> uh, Steve and Adam. Mm -hmm. Can you help name a Pokemon mascot for each NHL team? Now there's 31 teams. So we're not going to do that. Let's do the Canadian teams. Assign them a Pokemon. Well, the flames have to be Charmander. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do they not? Okay, so there's one. Mm -hmm. uh, the Canucks, could the Canucks be Lapras? Yes, oh, they, seem, they seem kind and then they surprise you with their well, scary headbutts. Just because I can't, okay, so let me, let me, I'm just the original 150. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's a whale Pokemon. Lapras is the closest thing. But also, Lapras fans think Lapras is the coolest thing, but most people don't care or think about Lapras ever, which to me is the Canucks. Mm -hmm. um, who would be the Jets? Like Pidgeot? 
you're you're just basing it off of which clo- which Pokemon is closest to their mascot. What about the personality <laughs> of the Pokemon? I think I think the Oilers are Gyarados because they are an aggressive attack. But if you get around that attack, it's extremely vulnerable. Hmm. Okay. Like Gyarados is vulnerable, vulnerable with against the wrong the wrong people. And I would say big, big, big attack, big bite. But there are some huge weaknesses. Also, Gyarados should have flown. What the hell is that? I think <laughs> levitates through the air, but you can't fly it to Pewter City. That's great. Thanks so much. That was a silly, silly game. Stupid. 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 Um, so would that would that make the Leafs then a oh, the Leafs fire Pokemon? Because the Leafs, their the offense is nice. sick, but their defense is trash. The Leafs no. are Clefairy at this point. <laughs> the Leafs would be Bellsprout. Yeah, like uh, Clefairy at least has like special abilities. Also, Bellsprout is useful. You you can use Bellsprout with. Uh, <laughs> the Leafs have Bellsprout a cut. Uh, okay. Yeah, cuts good. Cuts good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Leafs listen. The Leafs have a lot. There's good there. There's lots of good yeah, there. Yeah, yes. Uh, but there's, Clefairy wait, because how about like, Zubat? No. Because they're everywhere and they suck. <laughs> no, I, th- I said Clefairy because they do have pretty powerful attacks, but they're not, like, tough. You know what I mean? Clefairy's, like, cuddly. Leaves are a bit cuddly. Jigglypuff? Jigglypuff. <laughs> Yo, Jigglypuff and Smash Brothers. Don't sleep on that, man. She's- Jigglypuff's good. Oh, I was, gonna- I was thinking of Kirby. I was like Jigglypuff. <gasps> no, they, there is a no, Jigglypuff. No, that's Kirby. Yeah, Kirby's good too. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think, yeah. Really put I, us on the spot here. Yeah, yeah this is hard. Uh, Ottawa Senators. <laughs> what, okay. What's what the is Pokemon the, that keeps screwing maybe, up? Brokus most dysfunctional Pokemon. <laughs> 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 what about that? What about that? No, you got to have like one with a, an insane owner. Remember the Sandshrew owner? Remember when they had to go to that? that Lieutenant uh, Surge. Yeah. 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 Like you have uh, to have a, you have to have an owner who's like intense. Like Eugene is intense in his mm. Eugene way. I think, I think Sandshrew. That's good. I like it. Montreal. Okay, we need Mr. We need- Mime because it's kind of French. <laughs> uh, that might be. Even mention that, yo, Mr. Mime is the Frenchest Pokemon out there. <laughs> That's so true, man. And no one ever uses Mr. Mime. Like no one. Why would you? I don't know. I don't even know what the point of catching it was. It was like, oh yeah, I got I have this, but I'm gonna go put it at the thing. Okay, there were a number of Pokemon that were popular because of the cartoon, and it's almost like all Pokemon fans unanimously were like, Stop trying to make Mr. Mime a thing. Stop it. We don't like him. And that's the hack. My pick is Mr. Mime for Mushroom. Mr. Mime. Okay, okay. Useless, but a big personality. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mime, that's really funny. <laughs> okay, was what there? Are we missing? Oh, yeah. Was was there a was there a gym leader that had two really good Pokemon, but the rest sucked? That's the Oilers, right? Sorry, yeah. which one? Was there a gym leader that had two really good Pokemon, but the rest sucked? And like their the their really good Pokemon was McDavid, and so it's got to be like the best, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys didn't get it. Trust me, it's hilarious. It's a great joke. <laughs> it's a great joke I made. Um, <laughs> hmm. uh, 
Kind of I don't know who are we who are we thinking about now. What are Edmonton. we doing? I, I thought we already decided. Okay, uh, Edmonton. I feel like Edmonton's like the Valley of the Charizards. <laughs> You've got like you know that Charizard farm that <laughs> Ash lets his stupid Char. That's the worst character in that series, by the way. That stupid Charizard and the and the Bulbasaur. I, like, I don't want to. I don't want to move up and be better. I just want to be this little thing, this plant forever. Could have been, could have been like, like literally, he's surrounded by Venusaurs, and he's like, no, no, not for me, until he yeah. decides. Yeah, to well, be- he wanted to learn moves faster. Idiot, <laughs> stupid idiot. <laughs> isn't, wouldn't that be? Isn't that kind of like Edmonton? It's like, hey, you don't want to take this next step. Oh no, I store. <laughs> they keep, they keep, they have all the potential. They can evolve, but they don't want to win. Yeah, Bulbasaur's to. defense is too good, though. Yeah, no, that's true. To be Edmonton, yeah. Edmonton's a tough one. Any of the rock Pokemon fit for them? Onyx. Like an Onyx. Yeah. They're a little bit like a Pikachu, because like, oh yeah, I don't you know, they're popular. They have all this potential. They can learn Thunder, but does Thunder ever really strike? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> Also, Raichu is the evolution of Pikachu, and no one cared about it. Did you notice that? Yeah, well, because once you evolved the Pikachu with the thunderstorm, Raichu didn't learn anything. Yeah. Like that was the weird thing is, is like you, you're best to keep the Pikachu to level 100, and then you, and then you evolve it if you really wanted to, because it doesn't. The Raichu doesn't do anything. Also, and all the Pokemon Ash in the series didn't he give Pikachu like a stone that prevented him from evolving? Am yeah, I he, that did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because he wanted them to be Pikachu forever. Mm-hmm. So he like. Yeah, he got a stone. And that was an alligator. He didn't have he to do that. Innocence. Just, just don't give him a thunderstone. Yeah, you dumbass. <laughs> I hated Ash. Ash, Ash sucks. Was the worst. Yo, Ash sucks. Ash goofed his way into like all the badges, and then shows up and's like, I don't understand why I can't win. Like he's just he's he didn't do anything. Like, like if I gave Adam a drug that made him never wear blue shirts, <laughs> what's wrong with my blue shirt? No, like. All he has to do is just not wear them. Oh. <laughs> I don't need to give him something for him to not. Like, what are you? <laughs> stupid. Ash was stupid. Mm. Also, it's not in the game. Stupid. Anything that was in the cartoon but not in the game, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mime. All right, I'm out, of, I'm out of questions. You never had to okay. beat anyone to get a badge? You suck. <laughs> hey, Jesse, I have to respect the fact that you remember who Mr. Mime even is because I would not have. I would have been like, what? Like, yeah. And then as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, ah, yes. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Any of the new ones, there's like 450 of them now, I think. I don't know how people remember all that. Yeah. Oh, that's way more than that. There's a lot of Pokemon. Is it? Is there more than that? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. If you talk about the original 150, as I've noticed from the few times that we've done it on this show, uh, people talk it to they, – they're like, oh, you're old. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're OGs on that one. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm 32, man. I can't I, get away from it. I had Pokemon Blue. Yep. Great. Did you have yellow? Did you ever get yellow? Justin Fisher lent me yellow. Mm, yes. I had yellow. Yellow was only – like all the all the kids who can afford extra video games had yellow. Yeah, yeah. Got the original one, but then yellow came out, and then all the kids who had parents who would just buy them everything got yellow because you're like, oh, you got yellow and you have blue, and they're the same game, but this one's yellow. That, that's, I resent that, yeah. sir, and I'll tell you why. I saved up for yellow. I did not buy blue, but I saved up for yellow because I desperately needed to play yellow, which is the exact same fucking game. 
Yeah. Which How'd you save up? Don't rip off. How'd you save up? You get an allowance? I shoveled driveways. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, All right. I thought I thought he was gonna say yeah, an allowance. I've been shoveling driveways since grade four, man. I I was out there. I was out there. Hustling. The cartoons always mess me up because kids would always talk about like, oh no, like I need an advance on my allowance, and I'm like, what is this allowance you speak of? <laughs> yeah. I don't. You know how I got a Tamagotchi growing up? My mom found one at the park. That's how I got a Tamagotchi. Your mom's a thief. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Shout out, Tina. Don't talk to Tina yeah. like that. <laughs> Shout out, Tina. She, imagine she robbed a kid. <laughs> you know what? She don't take care of it anyway. The screen's covered in poop. If there's anything I know about Tina, it's how aggressive she is. Her personality is just extremely aggressive. And her criminal nature. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> By the way, if you've never met Steve's mom, which I w- would assume that you haven't, she is the David antithesis Brown, of what you would hair. think based on Steve's personality. Steve, loud, aggressive, like in your face. Tina, the sweetest woman ever that humanity has ever created. She is sweet and kind and actually quite quiet. Compar- comparatively and in fact your dad's pretty quiet too where did you get the where'd you get the loudness from television really i don't know it, no because your dad's not a he's not a huge like he's not a huge talker either yeah maybe that's why because i had so much room to talk <laughs> that could have been it. they wouldn't talk oh i must have been an exhausting kid for those two I, yeah come, come oh, home yeah. Blah, 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 bed Wake up. <laughs> Discovers coffee in theater. <laughs> they should I wish they'd probably wish they'd gone back in time and when I switched from visual art to drama, just be no, you yeah. like drawing. You don't thank your parents enough, Steve. I thank my parents all the time. You got good parents. <laughs> it's still not enough. I, yeah, you you're right. Good parents. You're you right. Good They're parents. good peeps. And they put up with us when we were really terrible. Like terrible people. Mm. So oh, thank oh. God. Oh yeah. Like I was, he was the weird thing. Jesse is like when we were growing up, I was hiding how terrible I was from my family, but was completely cool with showing everybody else's family, how terrible I was in terms of drinking oh, no. and partying and stuff underage. Um, so like our friend, Derek, his parents definitely pulled me out of their bathroom a few times as I was wrapped around their toilet. Uh, Steve's mom and dad would have seen us just stupid three sheets to the wind. Um, they drove us home many, many times. My 19th was, birthday was uh what i remember of it was awesome i don't think i was there but uh you were very briefly you were because you walked home with derek and you like got home at dawn because you just went to the go train parking lot and sat on a cooler drinking beers oh i don't even remember that i remember that so my 19th birthday was on a monday and i couldn't celebrate it so we waited till the following saturday which was saint patrick's day So my 19th birthday, I could finally drink. No way. That's why why I couldn't remember. That's unbelievable. My parents knew I was drunk because they're like, yeah, every time you came upstairs to greet a new guest, you had a different beer. (laughs) You know what? You know what really sucks? And and if you're in your early 20s right now, you need to appreciate this while it lasts. Uh, First off, all your friends being in the party zone. So like the idea that you could text your friends. Yeah. On a Friday morning, and go. What are we doing tonight? Every single one of them. Yeah, from like and everybody 20, be like, yeah. that's the thing. We're going to that thing. Yeah. The other thing is house parties. House parties disappear. I miss house parties. Now I don't have a house. Like I'm on my own, single dad with the with the apartment. I could have a house party, but do I ever have a house party? No, I do not. It's I don't anyway. 
I miss we South sent, Park. We sent them off pretty good. Uh-huh. The, the last yeah. real big one we had here was before we got the basement done, and I'm frigging smashing beers together doing the Steve yeah, Austin. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> we had yeah, beer we on the, hard, wiping we, beer off the ceiling. I think you grow up and you realize that house parties aren't for you to throw in your house it's for kids to throw in their parents house yeah the most legendary one and adam i'm sure you remember this one um with the initials bb his parents moved out of it yeah his parents moved out of the house so they cleared the house it was done and they stupidly allowed their son in the house so naturally he invited scarborough (laughs) all of it all of it. There were, Adam, there were at least 200 people in that house. Oh, dude. There were people on the lawn, on the roof. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was I the was first a, place I ever got drunk. I was in a band ever. and we used to play some of those house parties. And it was like, it was, it was like going to a hedonism resort. It was just wild. Just absolutely yeah. nuts. And I and know you were there, but I don't remember you being there. That's I was, I don't remember. I remember walking in the front door. That's all I remember. Uh, I remember this is when I used to do. 40 of black ice, 40 of black ice, rockstar energy drink, energy drink, and not remember a single thing. It was, it was, it was bad. It was real. I was really, I did all of my major partying before I became legally able to drink. Um, After that, I was like, nah, two beers and then I'm going to go to sleep, man. It's just, you know, like I'm really, I'm really quite tame now. This was the party where I famously, um, my mom spoke to me um, and I didn't remember. (laughs) Like I had fallen asleep in the basement bathroom and she saw me and she saw me walking out of it. And apparently we had like a very brief 10 second conversation and I went up to bed and she's like, yeah, do you remember uh, what you said to me this morning? And I go, no. Mm. And that's when she's like, you're drunk. And I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like the, well, you know, the downstairs bathroom, there's an imprint of a face on the mirror that looks a lot (laughs) like yours. So what I must have done is gotten home and just went <laughs> and face planted right into the mirror. Just like Philly, just a little sweaty. <laughs> she, I know that nose. <laughs> yep, yep. I know that nose because it's mine. Jesse, said. were you a big partier in high school? Uh, somewhat. Like we had, a, like we partied in high school. Because I'll tell you, uh, if you don't know, Jesse is one of the most fun people to hang out with just in general. And it's, it's weird because he's relatively quiet in comparison to Steve and I. But when you get Jesse going, first off, he's a fantastic dancer. Uh, the second thing is he is an absolute riot. And uh, I've had some of the best nights I've had, especially this summer, uh, have been just, just Jesse doing stuff. It's just oh, like, yeah, like, he'll do some, like you'll have a little plate of cake and he'll just mush it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like grab it and smush your face. And you're just like, is my party trick being annoying? It's yeah. awesome. You're good at it. Jesse, you're good Jesse. at it. And you do it with these cartoon hands. And you just smush. You leave no piece of. No crumb, no molecule of cake untouched. So, I'll tell you a story about uh, one time Adam was there. At, uh, at Virgin Mornings and early mornings, oh. uh, Jax, uh, one of Adam's co-hosts, had spilled her, her water next to her keyboard and she was panicking. And, uh, and then I took her cell phone and I started cleaning up the water with her cell phone. <laughs> and then she got really mad at me and I said, 
What do you, what? What's the problem? Phone's <laughs> waterproof. And at that point, dude, it was no longer funny and she was very mad. There was a podcast where I was mid making a point and you just took the mic sock off my mic and put it in the water I was Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. And I'm like, the breath of thousands of Rogers employees is on this thing. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm going to have to set this on fire now. I can't uh, even wash that out. Jesse and I used to have this thing at Rogers because Rogers sends a ton of, and I've made fun of this for years, and I was making fun of it to a Rogers employee recently. They love their surveys. They love their corporate surveys. There's a lot of corporate surveys. And Steve, you work there, but you are a contract guy. You weren't an employee. So it's different. So you don't get any of these damn surveys, but Jesse and I got them all the time. So what we would do is we would send each other links like, oh my God, you're not going to believe this video. And it would be the Rogers survey. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, we need to talk about this on the show. Oh. And it's just a link to an internal email. <laughs> and it was always like, who could get him? Now, Jesse always wins. But the other day, one of our favorite memes is the what if we kissed meme. So it's like, have you seen those, Steve? I think it's I Grape know. Juice Boys or something. Yeah, They're the ones that... They always put out like, like, what if we, what if we kiss next to the sewage Just plant? And go to Google like, Images and type yeah. in what if we kissed. Yeah. What if we kissed meme. Yeah. Yeah. I've no really, never it's, seen it's, that. It's, it's deep internet. It's deep. Because it's so, like, it's very meta, very, like, you have to be in on the inside joke on the inside joke. On the what end. if we kissed at the neighborhood high voltage box? <laughs> <laughs> So Jesse sends me what I thought last week was a script for a Ford read. So they have like an event going on right now. And it was like, hey, Ford, you know, right now at uh, so-and-so Ford, you can get zero APR. And then Steve, and then at the bottom of the email goes, what if we kissed here? <laughs> My favorite one is, what if we kissed that Toyota's 2.9% financing uh, APR <laughs> summer sales season event? <laughs> so stupid. But this is what we do. Very funny. So Jesse or Steve, are you enjoying the what if? I don't know if anybody's enjoying I, this conversation. I'm, I'm sending it to you. It just says, what if we kissed on the jouch and it's a couch made of jeans? <laughs> Yo, there's a. There's okay, a did you see get the jumperware? Yes! I was just <laughs> what is the jumperware? The jumperware! They have. Yo, they have. What is the jumperware? They have a whole set of not tup, well, like plastic things and plates and glasses and everything that are just, they look like they're denim. They just, they're all jeans, but they're like a plate that looks like jeans. What if we kissed in the Chuck E. Cheese sky tubes? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me that's not hilarious. (laughs) What is this? I know. Uh, It's one of those. Go set the jable. It's time for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bunch of jeans. What if we kissed at the Walmart rotisserie chicken aisle? (laughs) (laughs) What if we kissed in the default unfurnished Animal Crossing house? <laughs> Yo, it's amazing. It's stupid. It's so stupid. What was the other one I was going to bring up? Because there was, oh, so we were going to bring this up on the show a few weeks ago, but there was a time, sometimes, like, so when we're doing the morning show, one of the, one of the, uh, <laughs> the uh, barometers as to how funny we are, at least hopefully, is that if we can make Jesse laugh, because Jesse laughs, 
but he'll only laugh at shit that's really funny. Whereas I, I, I'm easily entertained. Jesse's bar is a little bit higher. Adam, you are. That's a good way to describe yourself. Yeah, just easily like I'm very, very excitable, very easily entertained. <laughs> like I liked Transformers too. I was like, this is fine. It's the writer's strike. Who cares? What do we expect? Yeah. Uh, it's the reason you love Star Wars. It's yeah. Just, pew, pew, pew. Oh, yeah. Well, and by the way, the last two Star Wars movies just sucked. But anyway. They were bad. They were bad. Just bleh. But anyway, um, my, my point in this is that um, Jesse started laughing at something while I was on the air last week or two weeks ago. And he was laughing, Steve, so hard that the tears were rolling down his nose. Like, he, like I often cry when I laugh. Like he was, but he oh. was like, this was a, this was really laughing. And Jesse, do you still have that, that link? To the, remember what it was? To their, that people's podcast? Yeah. So it's, I don't want to, I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to get this. I don't want to know. I don't want to name the people. Just, just have read the, the headline. It's a no, vegan podcast. No, I'm not going to do it. No. Okay, well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> they said, they made a claim, Steve, as the cap, you know, because people with, with their podcast, you want to have a hook. Like, oh, I got to click on this. I want, I need to listen to this. And these guys said that. 80% of people that eat hot dogs, or what is it? Eating hot dogs increases your <laughs> risk of, not what is it? What was it, Steve? What was it, Jesse? Come on, give it to us. No, it. I don't think we should talk do it. about these people. Do it. Yes, we should. No. So they, they, made, they, they were talking, they have a health podcast or something, and they're talking about how eating hot dogs once a week increases your chances of getting leukemia by 80%. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just... And I Which, didn't think that was true. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they're suggesting that eating hot dogs is more dangerous for you than smoking. <laughs> like, eating hot dogs <laughs> nearly guarantees. <laughs> That's why it's funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's... <laughs> I just... Jesse really does have three laughs, though. He has Mona yes. Lisa smile, mm -hmm. mild chortle, tears. Just like, mm -hmm. Yeah, and the tears... This was a tears Unstoppable laugh. Unstoppable tears. Tear, because it was so outrageous. And of course, you, go, you dive a little deeper, and that's based on one study that was done in 1994. Yeah, so there was a study in the 90s that said that children who had meat, and specifically hot dogs, had a greater chance of getting leukemia. And then the study concluded with, uh, hey, there were, we have all these findings, but more research needs to be done. And there has never been more research on it since that one study in the 90s. And then these people... <coughs> quoted it for their podcast in 2020 being like hey don't eat hot dogs because there's an 80 percent chance your kid will get leukemia how does that like so, you ever wonder how they find that shit like what were you looking up oh i don't know hot dog studies for a bit yeah i don't know man i don't know i, don't know. <laughs> I also us just going lol and just have a <laughs> hot dog eating contest i also i don't understand and like i'm sure a lot of people don't understand the fixation on hockey but there are some things with health where I'm like, this is so boring. Like, who cares? I don't know how you make a podcast run. But again, it's not my area of interest. So there you go. Anyway, that was a Jesse crying thing because <laughs> hot dogs, smoking, I'd rather be smoking. <laughs> <laughs> you lost a chance of leukemia. <laughs> like, really, that's what it is. That's what well, that's what that one study said. So. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Uh, that Pete Blackburn, like, yes. <laughs> what the only person do you know his bit on smoking what is that it's that he's the only person ever to be like pro smoking <laughs> i don't even know if pete doesn't smoke does he i don't think so no, i think it's a thing. bit i don't know 
Right. I, yeah, I think he, he would never tell it. us though, would he? No. No. But he it's just that, that one ruin the bit. He had that one picture with him in a with a cigarette in his mouth for gaming, right? And then mm-hmm. Oh my god. Anyway. Oh Welcome to the off track. This is how our conversations normally go. But anyway, guys, uh, thank right. you so much for listening. We will be back Wednesday. Uh, and uh, I hope that your team does well. Unless they're the Islanders. No, I'm kidding. We love the Islanders. <laughs> We're, we have nothing to lose. Let's, let's pick one team to hate. Oh, God. Um, Florida. Done. They're not in the playoffs. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.